Welcome everyone to the Fader Connections Path of Exile Community Podcast, episode 66. Today we're back with Valor Mage and we uh, welcome these lovely PoE gamer ladies, DS Lily and Pi by Pi, with us to discuss the first week of the 3.16 Scourge expansion, as well as our uh, experience in the, the Twitch Rivals tourney that we've been playing the tourney. I don't know whether tourney is the right name. Probably not, because there was no brackets. But uh, there was this event with the Battle Royale, and that was pretty cool. But uh, before we do that, just hear from everyone, how have you been doing? Um, Valerie, we haven't heard from you in a while, so you go first. In a while? I missed one episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's not been that long. People asked for you in the YouTube comments. They were like, where's Valor? What happened? I, I know, I was, and I was expecting there to be rejoicement. I don't know. <laughs> you could never guess. Yeah, nothing from the <laughs> haters. I was expecting people right? to be like, yeah, finally an episode without Balor, but no. <laughs> it just didn't happen. <laughs> oh, but yeah, no. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, we're at the stage where everyone's answer is going to be the same. I'm just living and breathing PoE. I, I'm, I, I wake up in PoE, and when I when I get off stream, I'm thinking about PoE, and then and then when I do a podcast, I change PoE to the third monitor and real small, and then I just casually map on it whenever it isn't my turn to speak. Like I can't stop playing. <laughs> I really I really like I really like this league. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Hope it doesn't do any damage to your respiratory pathways. But have have however made. Two bad builds in a row, my league start and the backup as well. So that's not great. And I don't have any center passives and I'm, I'm basically like rocking the casual life right now. I have like three X to my name total. I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing well. <laughs> that's great. More relatable content. But yeah, mm. we'll, we'll talk about the, the suboptimal build choices in a second. I think I have something to add there as well, but, uh, well, let's go and ask Lily how she has been doing. Welcome, and uh, I hope it's not too early for you. It's a little bit early, but, you know, my sleep schedule's messed up anyways. It's a week after league start. I don't know, I've been just blasting maps with no purpose or anything. Been doing a VD Slinger, which is able to be played again because the mana reservation changes and it's too good to just not turn your brain off and right click entire maps and then keep going it's true i hadn't even thought about the slinger playstyle being back with the mana reservation efficiency stat being added reservation changes does it do that much do you mean does it do damage or does the <laughs> no, reservation like changes? The, the, the reservation changes make such a big impact. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, well, before the changes, I don't think you could do volatile dead, detonate dead slinger anymore, unless you're like heavy in investment. But now, just with the mana wheel, or not mana wheel, but the sovereignty wheel, you can do it. And a few other weeks but I, it's definitely enough now i never looked into spell slinger because i was too excited about all the new defenses we got 
And I thought if I reserve all my mana with Spell Slinger, I won't be able to use like grace and determination and and stuff. But then you're doing it in hardcore, right? So <laughs> clearly you can have enough defenses and I'm just worried. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm full block. I could, with more investment, I could fit determination in, but League Starter and I'm too lazy to farm that gear. I'm just... Blast the maps. Also, isn't the gear still bugged? I've seen people link me amulets with like literally 96% reduced mana reservation efficiency on determination <laughs> instead of increased because the stat didn't get changed. So it's like it actually makes your reservation more cost more. No, I haven't seen that. I think I read that they fixed it, but probably I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, before we go into all that nitty-gritty talk, uh, welcome Pi, and do you want to let us know how you have been doing? Hi. Um, this is my first league that I started in Solo Cell Found, and I'm having such a good time um, because I used to feel a lot of pressure about like keeping up the pace with the people I was playing in private leagues with um, and being able to contribute to like the group economy. Um, and I'm not a fast player, <laughs> so it's been nice to have, like, the pace only measured against myself. <laughs> For example, I only just did my Uber lab today, um, even though the changes are amazing. I didn't see a single trial today and then until today, and then I saw two in the same map because I got them, like, one inside the Zana and then one in the natural map as well, which was like, what are the chances, man? <laughs> but, yeah, um, I a lot of leaks have gone by which have failed to keep me interested for particularly long enough and this is the most passionate that I've felt about it in a good long while and um I think I know we'll get into it but some of the reasons would be changes to the end game I feel like I can have goals and stuff there I've been playing um the physical trapper which is now currently a poison trapper based mostly on Zai's build that was shared by Ziz um has a lot of options in it and probably will mess a bit around with it further once it's further along. But is it so gonna stay been... poison all along? Or is there any any plan to change it? I, I believe there's like three ways that you do it. You could do like non-crit fizz, yeah, you, you could do, do poison, or you could dot, do crit. Yeah, fizz dot fizz crit and poison. Um it's really gonna be depending on what gear I find and what True. how I can upskill at crafting, because I'm on a learning curve right now. You can also do a cold convert, which oh, is yeah, pretty good. Too. There's there's a ton of options for that build. Mm -hmm. It's probably a really good choice for solo cell found because there are so many options. You can just go with mm -hmm. whatever one you find the gear for. Because the, the changes between like the most extreme trees in there are only about 15 respects. And it's just mm -hmm. like different gear and different gems. But the tree skeleton is pretty similar. Yeah, but that's traps for you. Like it doesn't. The trap tree hasn't changed in a really long time. Mm. It just depends which defenses you want to go for. I mean, even the new changes changed a little bit, but not a lot. But yeah, it's definitely a super solid choice. I was thinking about Seismic Trap uh, as well. And whenever I was asked what's a good league starter, like I named three or four builds and th that one was always included. I don't know. Feels so good. 
without having played it too much myself, because last league when I tried an HCSSF, I always died leveling it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so for myself, I, I went uh, I went with softcore trade. I guess that's the, the biggest change. Whoa. I, <laughs> Whoa. It's it's really? been it's been mounting for a while. Like I've been uh, wanting to play with people from my community. I've always been asking around, hey, do we do a private league start, right? And there was some people who were super interested, but for a variety of reasons didn't want to play in hardcore. Some people don't have as much time or don't have a good computer or don't have the game skill or knowledge. And I wouldn't want them to feel left out. So I've always been been teasing, hey, we might do a softcore trade private league together. And then I've always bailed out last minute because there was something that made me want to play HCSSF. And um, yeah, but so this league, I was like, I committed really early, like two weeks before league started. I was like, okay, guys, this time for sure. Like, I'm not going to bail out. We're going to do softcore. And the people who I wanted to play with were mostly in favor of just not doing a private league, but just playing the league start and softcore trade, because that still allows you to isolate from the rest of the economy, but you, you can make good use of the actions by, you know, you can sell things that your group doesn't need. You can buy things that you need from outside and also mostly like wh why pay for a separate league start when you can get a league start for free and then you can do a private league like three four weeks in if you so desire right mm -hmm. so yeah well it's been a really great change of pace and honestly it's not been as demotivating as i thought it would be i thought it was going to be i'd lose interest really fast because typically i do lose interest in the character when i died a couple of times but I died like 20, 30 times alone during leveling. And I don't know, that's just... Maybe it was because I had so much time to prepare mentally for it that I was going to die and, and just keep on playing. And I've been focusing on, on other goals. And I did, uh, did a Deathless Awakener. So I'm happy about that. That was almost hardcore viable. With the exception of like one moment where I accidentally tanked a beam but Locke saved me. Here's the real question. Do you think you're going to be a convert? Because this is how I started. Remember, I spent the first four years, 15,000 hours in hardcore only. I have level 100s in hardcore. I have demis from hardcore races. And then I just once tried softcore and I, and I was like, that's okay. And I, I went back. And then the second time I visited, I was like, I'm never going back. Screw it. I'm done. I'm over here now. <laughs> it's a little bit hard to tell because like you said yourself, uh, you didn't know until you went back and forth again. Mm -hmm. But if the uh, league start performance of my game and the, the crashes and stuff are any indication of how future leagues are going to be, I might be skipping on HCSSF just for the league starts in future play the first two three weeks as long as it's fun playing softcore and i can at any time start an hcssf right there's nothing lost unless mm. i'm trying to complete on the yep. ladder but like if i'm yeah. just unless playing for like my own enjoyment like if there's a race or a new league start thing it, whatever boss race or currency reward right yeah but they like don't seem to be doing thing. them anymore for the same reason that like you never know what you get with the league start with gg mm. these days I feel like Zizarin invested all his resources, like doubled down on the gauntlet instead of doing the, the league start HCSSF boss kill races. I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't talked to him. It's 
like trying to organize coverage of it is a nightmare too. Like having worked with the people who worked on it, just the amount of like amount mm. of people required and and like for not that much viewership and also for not that much <clears throat> rewards. Um, for like like there's no not a lot of incentive for players to actually compete in those league start ladders, unfortunately. Well, most of the time, anyway. But yeah, like people, because the races can, you know, be like several days long and encourage like different types of habits, diplomatically stated. Um, <laughs> the like the problem then becomes how do we actually broadcast this and be- make it a consumable content for other people? Because n- even though the races are being able to dedicate huge amounts of time to it the people who are going to view it are not going to be sitting in that viewership the whole time. They have their, like they have lives to live and stuff. And then that kind of actually is one of the essence, the reasons why esports and POE has a little bit of a trouble is that like, because you can't guarantee a viewership, um, you can't necessarily guarantee sponsors and placement. Yeah. But wouldn't a little bit of former um, advertising. But wouldn't that hold hold true for the gauntlet as well? Or like, was there some one of the factors that doesn't apply to gauntlet? So, with the reason that gauntlet works, in my opinion, is because it's the the way that it's set up is that Spotify, not Spotify, Shopify is like directly collaborating with Ziz about it. So the like marketing and and the placement of where Shopify comes up is only on this channel. It's not like anyone else competing in the gauntlet has like Shopify branding or advertising being shown. It's just kind of known that Shopify rebels are sponsoring it and they've built up a name for themselves and are happy to like compromise their, their message and branding with um, just letting people know that they're providing this resource and, and have like something that sort of exists outside of Shopify's main brand. Like, I'm not sure. I'm curious actually now that we're talking about it not that this was in the topic list but anyway um how much brand recognition the people who are watching gauntlet or participating gauntlet would have of shopify because of the event being held whether Uh, it was shopify versus like ziz being doing it other than accidentally calling it spotify all the time even when you full-on know it's not the music yeah 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 (laughs) just the name isn't too close (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah so like the other types of esports events that i've been to are just like matches that you run really quick ones of and that's why um a lot of community races have been focusing on like short film content because it's more packageable and marketable also better for the racers and, and it's it, it, i don't know i personally always had more fun in short up to two hour races in path of exile than these long marathons because it's just when it comes to like min-maxing your real life around the the actual gameplay, right? Like on a day-to-day basis, where you have to for a week or two, you have to have food prep, you have to have a sleep schedule like exactly planned out, you have to minimize your social life and stuff like that. It's just really uh, imagine having an actual social life. I no, mean, but- that kind of reminds me of my my experience when I was like doing an actual sport. I mean, like a physical sport, not a gaming sport. Um, there was definitely things about like when you went to sleep, when you had to like what you were eating and doing all of the things as a routine 
Um, but it's just definitely like you weren't sleep deprived. You know, it was all about being as healthy and strong as possible. It's totally random segue. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, uh, 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 I, I mean, maybe we talked about this already a little bit too long, but I mean, there's, it's a perfect segue into the Twitch Rivals event. But like, what I wanted to say mm. is, like, I really enjoyed the short race events when you knew like they're at this point in the day i have a two hour race and then later there's like three 12 minute burst races that i want to partake in and then you can mm. min max around that instead of having to like basically set up your day so you can spend the max amount of time playing path of exile because you know that other people are doing that as well it's, it's the old topic of you know like time limited races maybe in the future where where people only get to play up to 12 hours that count towards the race Something like that to, to even the playing field. I mean, people who can deal with extremely small, like short sleep or small amounts of sleep per day, and people who, I don't know, I guess have a family and have other obligations than being able to play the game. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing like comments about it in the chat, and I was thinking about what I really like about being in Badger Private League. Like, you have like four short days to push as much as you can, and that shit is fun that's fun stuff um that kind of thing i think is ripe for like having sponsors because it's such a widely participated in um the opportunities are pretty good but it's just hard because like you're trying to approach brands who aren't familiar with the format of your game and then you're proposing a format of competition imposed on the game that is not naturally a competitive game it does have ladders, but like that's not the competition. It's not. It's not like battle royale where last man standing is like an obvious winner. And then if you have like those four days, then you know, like there could be a lot of different ways that you could approach branding and marketing on that. It'd be really interesting to collaborate with some people on that. Now that I think about it, anyway, I just like solving those kinds of problems, puzzles, problems. Either one of them. I feel like it's a rivals event, though. The rivals event. (laughs) (laughs) There is one thing that's kind of overlooked with the long races. So it Mm. does, like, it's limited to people who only have, like, a lot of time to play. But the issue with short races is in reality, what happens is the same people will win every single time (laughs) because they're the most efficient. When they're really long, it, it, uh, Let's a lot of new faces win stuff that you've never seen before. Like in Gauntlet, there's a bunch of people who win that I've I have no clue who they are. Where when you have like a six hour race to Awakener, you know it's always gonna be like the same three people. Yeah, mm-hmm. You're gonna see the same three to five people in, in the top spots just every time. Which is also what happens at Rivals, by the way. Oh my there god, like yeah. Five definitely. people in rivals who were the last five, like every time. And somehow mm-hmm. Lighty was one of them. I don't know what the hell that was about. Just hiding pacifist so runs. <laughs> Did he he intentionally Just, killed no one the entire event? His entire was strategy like, was like get to level four, hide behind a rock. Yeah. Like that's his whole thing. He made more money than we did. He intentionally yes. didn't interact with the event. Like, <laughs> Just we didn't hid. know we were gonna make money. <laughs> We were just I mean, doing it for free. We didn't know there was money. I mean, sure, but but his whole strategy was just 
get to level four so you can get a movement skill, hide behind a rock. Just every game. The best part was him hiding behind Brutus's like table. God, that was a good spot. Brutus got let free, and as he runs away, <laughs> and the uh, the people that were near it ran away, and we yeah. were both already dead at the time, and he just, like, ran into the table and just stood behind it. He lived there for, like, a minute and a half with no one attacking was, him. People so followed awful. around the place the whole time. Spectating <laughs> Lighty Hyde was quite a bit of fun. <laughs> yeah. I was actually sitting in, in Discord uh, voice chat the entire time with Slippery Jim and Lighty. So I, I got the, oh. to hear Lighty's side of the, the tactic. <laughs> it was, it was what really did he fun. Have, what, did, what was what, he saying about it? Well, he said that it's crucial to have two movement skills. Like, you definitely need shield charge and, uh, and one of the other ones. Because oh. otherwise you can't disengage properly. But I, it, there were so many moments where, like, I, I feel like so many people did let him just do his thing instead of actually hunting him down. Like either he was really good at disengaging. I think the same thing happened with Mathel a lot. Because when I ran into Havoc, they would just relentlessly kill me. Like, Havoc, Carve, or whatever, <laughs> when the moment that they realized, oh, it's Catmaster, easy prey, right? But there was, <laughs> Yeah, there was someone who killed me multiple times, and I was like, are you fucking looking for me? <laughs> I, I didn't get a single kill the whole event. I did and get I was trying, not like Lighty. I was trying to murder people, it didn't work. <laughs> I stole one kill from Havoc, and th- then he instantly killed me afterwards. And I, I actually killed uh, a German streamer called Lowepe. That guy. I-, I actually managed to kill him as he was trying to get away from a pack that got him pretty low. But other than that, I, I also just replicated pretty much Lighty's strat to much, much smaller success. Also, Lily, me and Bela watched you hide behind a tree a couple times. Yeah. Oh yeah. Stuff. The first two rounds I didn't really get a chance to do it. I, I got really bad RNG the first two rounds. The first round I opened like there was nobody spawned near me. I opened like literally ten of the chests. Every single one of them just dropped like spectral throw. And nothing else. Mm-hmm. The thing about Lighty is he's since he's only level four, there is no reason to waste your time killing him. Because he get no XP. And then he's just shield charging and being super annoying. And I bet I bet he put his passive points into the tanky one, so he'd yeah, probably take forever charges. to kill too. Oh uh, yeah. No damage because he wasn't trying to kill anyone. Just straight into the center tree. <laughs> Actually in, in the, the, the bottom left thing with the endurance charge generation and when uh, generate endurance charges when hit. And I think uh, I think attack speed with movement skills, move shield charging. But yeah, you did have some good rounds, Lily. You made it uh, to to rank twenty two overall in the end. You're the highest ranking of all of us here. You want to share your secret strats outside of being on the US servers? Um. I don't know. The only skill I know to use in Royale is sweep, and every time I got sweep, I made it to like the top six. Oh wow! Sweep doesn't strike me as like fun. I didn't mean to, but sweep doesn't strike me as like the best choice there. <laughs> me I just nervous. got that. Sorry. <laughs> Probably why we did so badly. I don't know. Whenever I got rolling magma, so many 
fucking times. Rolling Magma and Ball Lightning. I just had the worst RNG. Rolling Magma is good. Huh? Rolling Magma is good. You can pump XP with that. I I thought it was great to kill packs with. This is a little dodgy to kill people with. But. Maybe I just sucked at it. (laughs) If you can get Unleashed, it's good. But if you don't get Unleashed, it's pretty bad. Uh, It's good enough for farming without Unleashed. You want to kill people with it? Yeah, I don't see that happen without Unleashed. Uh, Personally, I really like Elemental Hit. But you need... It doesn't really work well against players. That's like one where you really benefit off the daily splash node. And an elemental um, hit got nerfed. It's still really, really good against monster packs, though. Mm-hmm. And Molten Strike is, without doubt, probably best skill. I don't know why, but every time I use Molten Strike or Ellie Hit, I do no damage, but everybody else does <laughs> 20 million. I don't know why. I even went the same passive trees. Like, I copied them. I opened their VOD and looked at it. Copied <laughs> them. And I did no damage. But did you they upgrade did... your weapons? I did that too. Yeah. <laughs> I had it at once, I think. I had my Molten Strike. And it didn't work for me. Yeah, I, but... I, think, I think it's just an XP difference. Every time I found anyone, I'd be like level 4 and they'd be like level 8 already. Even if I like ran for the center as quick as I could, picked up any skill I could find, just looked for anyone to kill, I'd be like, oh, they're level eight. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm level four. Or sometimes three, and I can't even use my movement skill. Although, yeah, quite often that would happen to me. Because like, I also had, the, for me, I had the issue that like I would be in areas where somebody had already cleaned out all of the mo- mobs that were there. And I was like, Ooh. What am I supposed to kill to get XP? It's not like I can just kill people. They got like a two hundred ping on me. <laughs> yeah, and that there we directly go to one of the core problems that I see with the current implementation of the battle royale. It's just uh, incredibly frustrating uh, when you're not one of the fastest people to get into the middle. Like you really need mm-hmm. to to treat it as if it was a PoE race for XP, because otherwise you don't get to do fair PvP. Otherwise you're just gonna get picked by people who are much stronger than you are where even if you had perfect ping conditions and like good mechanical play you wouldn't stand a chance the other thing was that if you did get something like 20 kills then you had like in the hundreds of thousands of xp and it was like you could be pretty immune to damage like as a spectator, I don't know what it felt like. That's what it looked like. Yeah, the- that was um. I was gonna say I missed the first one when there was a there was a first rivals. They just never. Yeah. She never but sent me an email worry. even. Yeah, I didn't no, even know I it was a thing. I think the list was a lot smaller. Um. I don't know if they invited like a hundred people or if they invited fifty people and asked the other person to bring a friend. Yeah, I, um, I have no idea. But get invited? Miss- you were in it, yes. I think you were. I was. 
I was invited, but I reacted to the email too late. It was very short term, and like sometimes, especially during during intense PoE times, I don't check my email for a couple of days. And sometimes I check my email, and I'm like, oh, I have to respond to that, and then I forget to respond for like two or three days, and then it just didn't mm. work out. Yep. Yeah, the I way they organized this, huh? I almost missed this one because for some reason they're sending emails to the wrong email. I don't know how they have that one. So I didn't check that email because it was the wrong one that's not linked to my Twitch or anything. And I was like, it, yeah, I don't know. It did that to me too. It went to my personal email that isn't written anywhere. Yeah. I'm like, how did you even, did where do you even get that from? Like, I actually have no idea how they got that email. But it, it didn't I'm go to my public facing they one. they got my email. Because um, I signed up to Twitch using my personal email and then created one for all this stuff and so like whenever um the twitch team in anz email us they still use my old email address but like whenever i get something from like the na or global team like you know an, a twitch wide thing it goes to my like my pi by pi account <laughs> <laughs> anyway <laughs> but yeah this one was I don't know if they organized the other one the same way, but like they did like an expression of interest and then you had to reply to that to fill out a survey to give them information that they almost already had because they contacted you. Um, <laughs> and then, and then yeah. you had to wait a bit and a bit and a bit. And then they sent you another email saying, you, you got it. And then I kind of forgot to actually follow the link on the you got it, like you're invited. Um, one... And was like, oh, crap, I have an RSVP. <laughs> um, and then there was, like, all these other layers of stuff to get through. So it was a little bit convoluted in terms of how they got us all involved. But I'm glad to have been able to participate. It was fun. Would you say the same, Lily? My only gripe with the event is in between matches, it takes so long. I was like... Nodding off during it. it me, me, and Baylor were tired. Next we time you have to get invoiced for someone. <laughs> yeah. So Pine and I got invoiced because it was like two, we had. I had to wake up at two thirty in the morning to sign in. It's three thirty. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, but then sleep. it was just sort of like we would mute for the event, and then when it stopped, we'd just unmute. Mm. That was that was a better way to stay awake because of the super awkward timing. Like that mm -hmm. was still worth getting up for. We, I did, I did not know we were going to get paid at all. I thought that it was mm -hmm. going to be like the top five or something, and I was like, "There's no way I get there," but I'll come to have fun anyway. And then there was yeah. just like rewards all the way down. I'm like, sweet. Yeah. No, no, it's. I mean, I think that's really fair that they do that. It's. It feels like also like it's their way of, of doing like a, a Christmas special or something like that. Like getting getting a thirteenth salary or something like that. <laughs> Just invite a couple of streamers and, and let them uh, do their thing for an hour and get them give them some compensation. I think that's fair. It's 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 a it's a great way. I think I would recommend that to to anyone who gets invited to participate. And it was like even without the compensation, it would have been worth for the fun of it. Yeah, getting to play with all those people. I mean, obviously, I was I was sure from the start I was not going to finish top ten or anything, but being able to play with the other amazing people from the PoE community and just being part of rivals. I found 
the high quality bands in the local chat to be a, a highlight. <laughs> yeah, the local chat's the true event. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was actually really good, yeah. Uh, Everybody was bringing their A game to the bands, and I was like, I have been awake for far too long. I want to say something. Can can this be it? I'm saying something in the chat now. (laughs) To be fair, I had a similar experience. Like for me, it was like pretty pretty uh, decent start time. I think I had to check in at like 7 p.m. and it started at 8 p.m. But the problem was that I had already been awake for like 16 hours uh, before. Or the thing, I actually got like two hours sleep before the event itself, running really low. But having Slippery Jim and Lighty in the chat really kept me awake. And having those five-minute breaks in between allowed me to get coffee and snacks and everything. It's just what I really would like some more more precise communication when the next one's going to start. That they do it like Havoc Blitz, that they have like fixed start times. I mean, it's really hard to do with Royales because you don't know how long they're going to last, right? They could Theoretically, one Royale could go like infinitely long so maybe they'd have to have like a hard cutoff or like a hard enrage mechanic sort of that decides the match after a given amount of time there is there is the the circle yeah when the circle gets this big the match will be over very soon (laughs) there's no longer any kiting or any playing around your opponent you are smashing each other in the face and whoever has the better character right now wins yeah (laughs) if it gets to there that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah, so they should be able to do it. Like my point is basically that they we need more precise starting times where we know okay then it's going to start instead of having something okay it's approximately going to start in 5 minutes in the chat and then when it starts like the countdown timer goes from 10 seconds to 0. Like it would be cool to have a countdown timer of maybe a minute or two and stuff mm. like that. I think that would have been better with the countdown but 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 other than that, like from the organization side of things, I thought it was uh, really great. Um, uh, the, my main complaints are the Royale itself. I think the Royale needs some work from GDG to make it a more uh, uh, more of an event that encourages PvP instead of like it being this PVE sort of race. And uh, and like all, obviously that the lighty strat is being rewarded so hard should be more incentive to people actually PvPing, and mm-hmm. PvPing should be the 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 main thing in it. And then one more thing is, but that's also not really on on their organization. Although they could have like organized that with grinding gear games. Obviously, we didn't play a whole lot of the Royale, right? But there's some people who played it every weekend and. It would have been cool yeah. if they just opened the servers a couple of days before so we would have been able to practice. I, I would definitely have actually appreciated practice. Practice time would have been good. That's something I don't they... think that I would have practiced if it was, like, within the same week of League Start. I still would have been more interested in playing 360. Understandable, yeah. No, but like, there's just some things in the Royale that you can't really practice outside of it. Mm. You can practice like inventory micromanaging and killing things while changing weapons and swapping skills around and 
that sort of stuff is all Wait, really helpful. Mind practical in that ping. <laughs> ah, yeah, true. I mean, that that would have also helped though, getting used to that ping. Yeah. Like, something I didn't realize was going to be such a pain was less to do with, like, how long stuff happened in the world and more to do with, like, things like trying to change my equipment around or, try like, change sockets of stuff. is It really punishes you. You can't do anything quickly in your inventory. Yeah. Yeah, there was also a number of times where, where I tried to click something that didn't go through because of the play. Mm. So my I is don't better. think that was... That wasn't just your ping. That was, I mean, I'm in the U.S. and I was getting stuff like that. Like it was just the server was just lagging in general. Oh really? Like, yeah, I was trying to swap gear and then it would roll back a second, or like mm. I'd swap it and then it just wouldn't swap, and then like a second later it would. It was weird. Not oh, weird. Yeah, but yeah. Other than some some minor complaints, it's uh in a fun event and uh, I hope that there is going to be more of those in the future maybe also something else than the Royale but definitely I really like that that Twitch has taken an interest in uh, competitive PoE and supporting the, the scene around that and the hype from the casters, I mean I didn't watch the entire cast but the hype from the casters was also real they were really excited about this uh, event, cool but that said, we talk a little bit about Scourge, since we already mm -hmm. uh, already covered a lot of ground this uh, Twitch Rivals <laughs> discussion. What stands out yeah. to you as the best change slash addition in Scourge? Can I say something really? I'm pretty sure no. you guys all agree. <laughs> Absolutely. Not Scourge. Not Scourge. Like not Scourge. Not Scourge is not the standout of this league. Like, it's base game changes to me. They make huge difference. Which ones? Uh, the end game one. I mean, I already kind of said it in my yeah, yeah, intro, you said it. but like the change to the Atlas for me um, has changed a lot about how end game feels without, with having less maps, with having four regions, 16 watchstones. It's how much easier. Also, item stacks is a really good point. <laughs> Stacking items is crazy. Feels so rewarding to loot like four elks in one stack instead of like picking up single elks everywhere. Mm -hmm. You didn't mention the passive tree changes at all. Does that is that a big factor for you in terms of enjoyment? That the the passive tree I mean, has changed. I I did extol the virtues of the passive tree change prior to the start of the league. Um, like when I was reacting to it and stuff, um, I think it's great, but I, but I, uh, it doesn't stand out to me. Like it's not the thing that makes my build feel particularly different because I don't know, I'm playing a different build from what I played before. So I don't know, like if my character feels different, I guess the thing that would feel different is just how defensives are working this league compared to last league because we didn't have as many and that's, you know, in general, everybody's tankier and feeling a bit more um, like they can deal with stuff if they've built the build right, I'd say. Having said that, I, I mean, like, I'm in softcore and I cocked it a lot on the way up. So. 
I can't really, I don't think I'm demonstrating it well. <laughs> but I, I think, yeah, no. I, I think the standout for me is definitely the end game because it, it's keeping me playing. Big agree. The, the end game being uh, narrowed down makes it a lot easier to, to feel like you have a grip on it. I don't even think it's much less. I mean, it is much faster than the old system, but I don't think that's the deciding factor. I think the deciding factor is that it's so much easier to know what you're going to do and to break down large goals into into like small achievable goals because there's mm -hmm. there's not that many different atlas regions and, and different things to consider. You just mm -hmm. it's, it's very uh very, very easy to feel like you have a grip on it. The other thing, even after having played it for almost for more than a year, I just at some points I felt that it was too complicated. I've felt that since it was introduced, pretty much. I really enjoyed it in Metamorph, but um, when they started making the con Conqueror tracks more deterministic with the with the introduced like the set intervals and some of that stuff, I feel like the tedium set in with that, and but also like. Just the design of it overall has be, it's messy. It's not quite like fully realized, and reducing the size of it makes it makes the messy components of it less obvious. Hmm. I'm curious to hear what, what, what do you say, Lily, about the the reworked endgame. Do you enjoy it as much as we do, or do you? Does it take away something at the top end? Do you feel like you're done faster with it and that's a bad thing in some ways? Or is it just um, generally better? I think, I mean, I think it's overall good. I think my main concern, which hasn't been as big of an issue as I thought it was, but with them reducing the map pool and it's only four regions, I feel like some zones just you always get really bad maps you don't want to run like in hamlet i feel like half the time my map drops it's like a dungeon or something and then i just don't want to run them but that's like, dungeon has really good diff cards now though the thing is that has less to do with there being less maps and more to do with the maps that they removed like did you read the list of maps they removed it was like 80 percent maps you love maps. yeah, yeah. I mean, when they said they were reducing the Atlas, that's what I said to my chat. I was like, it's kind of like a monkey's paw thing. Like, they're going to remove a bunch of good maps, and then that's what they... That's what they did. They, they removed, did. They removed, like, 80% of the maps they took away were, like, good ones that I wanted, and they didn't even bring Gorge back to compensate. <laughs> like, if they hadn't just given us Gorge back at the same time, I probably would have been happy about it. <laughs> but no. I don't know about Gorge. I, I know tons about Gorge. I love it. We'll not do it again. Let's go. <laughs> I mean, I loved it back then. It was cool, but like, I don't think it would hold up. It at least have to like rework it some way. I mean, the, do you think they could just bring it back with the old Creighton boss? I I just I just want good maps, man. I I don't care where they come from. I think with vaulting so many good maps, like that stuff's going to be like my expectation would be that maps are cycled every league. If they fail to do that, you're going to have a really angry player base on your hands. I think. 
Because there's less of them. So the ones that piss us off are going to become more triggering. The it's just going to phase out all the good maps over, over a long period of time. Like, this is... <laughs> People like these maps too much, so like we're taking them away so people learn to appreciate the other maps that are suboptimal. I, I, they've, they've always been saying they don't like people to just run the same maps over and over, and they've been trying different things to accomplish that. Yeah, but I, I think if, if all map layouts are bad, they're all good as well. Like They're equally good, at least. But there's still okay. some that are really good on there, right? Like, we still have... Struggling to come up with one. There are still one good maps, the, right? Yeah, there are plenty of, of still good ones. Yeah. One of the things that's funny about how they changed it was, like, which names of the regions they kept and where they put them. Like, Valder's Rest, where it is now, top right. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, and they didn't it, keep it was, either Lex. Wasn't either that Proxima. bottom left before? Yeah, I think that was because like, the names don't make sense uh, without uh, without like Lex Proxima and Lex Ajoras were like kind of depending on each other because Proxima means close, right? Like and and Ajoras, I don't even know whether that actually it's actually from yeah. from Latin or something like that. But Proxima I they keep one of them. I don't know, I just thought it was... Hmm. I think they just had nowhere else to put it. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. it probably has more to do with the uh, passives they kept and didn't throw out. Mm. Mm. Possibly. Do you have a good grip on where which passives are now? Because that, that, that's one of the things where, I mean, it's, it's easier to keep an overview or a mental map of things because it's not eight regions and eight trees that you have to monitor and be like, okay, wait, this, yeah. this mechanic scales with there. But like, I have a relatively solid idea of where the tree... I even know where the base types are. I mean, I made... Okay, fair, I made a video about it. But like, I even know where vermilion rings drop and apothecary gloves and stuff like that. Where previously, I never knew that with the eight regions. I know where pretty much everything is at this point. The only base I know where it drops is Vermilion Ring because people ask 24-7 where it drops. <laughs> I don't even know where it drops. I didn't... No. The only one that I've dropped has been from a Crucible, so I'm like, yo, Maven, cheers. Was it influenced at least? No. Yeah. Hmm. That reminds me of my. I, I, I had this Awakener drop. Did I say that? Because I, I did the first Awakener, Deathless, and I actually, for the first time, had like super rewarding drop where I got an Awakened Void Manip, I got an Awakener's Orb, and I got a, a, a Warlord Sambar Scepter 86, and I got the gloves. The gloves bricked after four vials or so, but without any implicit. But uh, I was really happy, uh, thrilled about getting like all the good drops, uh, except the thread of hope. Gotten the thread of hope on top, I guess. Can you get all? Can could you get one on top, or is it either the gloves or a thread of hope? I think like you only get one, one unique. 
Is that real? I don't know. That's I feel like I've asking. had the gloves and thread before. I don't know. Maybe you can. I'm, I'm pretty sure that they're all separate. I'll tell you what. I've definitely had a savior and a helmet before. So you can definitely get two uniques. But I don't know if the savior counts as the rest of the pool because it's like exclusive to eight. So that might be like an exception. I don't know. I don't know. Now, now that we're talking about things that we don't know for sure, I want to bring up something that for a long time I thought was like established as knowledge. And now I learned that it's actually not true. Or maybe I'm doing something wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. But the way that we always thought reduced effect of shock works is that it stacks additively with increased effect of shock on enemies and so because cirrus as the prime example on his die beam has 200 percent increased of shock people always told me that you can't get uh immune to his shock by stacking reduced effect of shock but it turns out that that is like enemies deal increased damage and players take increased damage, that those are separate and multiply with each other and they're not additive at all because I'm running 110% reduced effect of shock and Awakener shocked me, but for 0% shock effect. Like I literally had the huh. shock symbol and it's at zero. Zero percent. Was it Awakener yet? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I, in Gauntlet... I was using reduced effects for a while, and I was definitely getting a percentage. But this league I've noticed is zero, so maybe they changed it. Mm. Or maybe I I'm crazy and it was always zero. I'm pretty Mark sure you need more than 100. Well, but like you'd need like 300%, right? Because you'd have yeah. this regular shock and then 200% increased effect of shock, and I definitely didn't have 300 I have 60% uh, from the Pantheon and 50% from, uh, from the tree. A another 15 from the, from the jewel, actually. But uh, 125 then. But anyway, that, that's something that I always thought like, was well-established as knowledge. Because where I heard it was also always from, from good players, I think. And now I learned that it's not like that, but maybe, maybe they really changed something about it. Anyway, I'm, I'm just saying, I, I got a clip of it. I got shocked for 0% shock effect. Maybe, maybe, no. Maybe it's because I blocked it? No, no, I didn't get, no, I didn't block it. I wouldn't have gotten shocked either. No, I did, I did take damage. Super weird. <laughs> Palor looks generally confused. Uh... I'll, I'll definitely research more on that because I want to make a video, but obviously I can't make a video based on anecdotal evidence. I probably am going to try to get into contact with Mark GGG on Reddit or something like that. Verify that or to maybe scour his forum posts for an answer on that. Yeah, or test it around for. I was just looking around for confirmation because I thought it worked exactly how you thought it worked. Yeah. I <laughs> just. I, 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 not only that, I thought it was obvious that that's how it worked. Uh, apparently not so much. Yeah, yeah, but um, like, I mean, it makes sense with the, the parallel to, to deal increased damage and increased damage taken because those multiply with each other as well. So I, the way I figure now it works, if what I learned is true, is that Cirrus shocks you and increases his effect of shock, then the shock gets applied and then you reduce the total, like that is 100% right. of the shock that you get. 
from him. And and your and his increased and reduced don't actually stack. But, uh, you know, maybe I'm just talking out of my ass and maybe I'm making things up. Maybe there's some factors that I'm overlooking, so I'm definitely going to dig deeper on that one. Um, super sidetracked again. Looping back to Scourge. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Should we talk about the passive tree? I mean, I kind of talked about it for a little bit, but we didn't get to hear from anybody else. True. Big topics. Uh, Lily, am I what the you... only one lost? Right? Lost? Hmm? I just, I find myself spending hours more in path of building than I normally do. Just, I think that's natural. Lost. I wouldn't call it lost. It's fun. I think it's more fun than ever before to, to make builds for mm -hmm. me because it, it's just unknown territory. It's like when the cards have been shuffled, it's really fun to figure out right. how you're going to play this, it. This is the big question I have for everyone about the passive tree. How is anyone finding room for cluster jewels? I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> Neither am I. I'm not. Are we just not using cluster jewels anymore? I think there's still is use for cluster jewels, but I don't think cluster jewels is. Uh, they did a good job with moving some of the the good stuff from cluster jewels into the masteries, which is yeah. great. And also, to some degree, masteries do something or accomplish something that cluster jewels were there to accomplish, and that is availability of specific yeah. stats everywhere in the tree. So. Mm -hmm. But in a completely different solution that's more accessible. Yeah, yeah. Like the things I wanted desperately just don't, it doesn't matter. They're, they're on the tree now. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, I think that that's a good thing. But, but I'm finding many, many builds that just don't use cluster jewels at all now. Purely because the cluster jewels have been nerfed a billion times. Mm. And now with our passive tree getting buffed this much. A lot of builds just don't fit them in. Um, physical clusters is about the only thing that it's worth using them for, for most things. I mean, I'm not sure, but I would, I would imagine that Champion Toxic Rain would use cluster jewels because it's a far way to the chaos damage over time. But then you have bow. You have bow nodes. Might not. I, I haven't looked into the build actual. But like something on the bottom side of the tree that does chaos damage over time, I could see that using cluster jewels. Mm. All right, it's fine. Anyway, just I was just making sure I wasn't the only person who like thought they knew how to put together builds and then suddenly just couldn't find any worthwhile cluster jewels. As as long as it's not just me, that's fine. Yeah, I've been thinking I've about it. Seen people's like build guides have upgrades to cluster jewels, and they've done like variations for it to fit in there. But it kind of <laughs> reminds me of the age-old question of like. Do you really need all that extra damage if you if the tree is doing it for you? Because the cluster jewels side of it, unless you're in trade, but you two are in trade, um, it's less accessible anyway. Like the masteries, you don't need to worry about accessibility at all. It's there. You just got a path to it. Cluster jewels, you got to get one. It's got to be the right kind of one. Then you got to roll it and craft it, or you know, buy somebody else's one that they've already done. <laughs> Yeah, if anything, I think cluster jewels, like if you still use them, they're probably moved a fair bit further towards the end of your build progression. 
and mm. been become more of a, a luxury thing rather than a, a yeah, like a min max feel. Rather than yeah, that rather than a basic requirement because so many things you can cover now with the passive tree. I really love the availability of corrupted blood cannot be inflicted on you on the tree because it doesn't take. I mean, it does take away a lot from getting a CB jewel. Getting a CB jewel was pretty much mandatory in hardcore, uh, mm -hmm. and now. And because it was such an RNG thing, I didn't like it. I and mean, it would have been fine if you could somehow craft it, or like if there was a vendor recipe with which you could guarantee it, even though that would also be to some degree RNG, depending on the ingredients. But you can still get one, and then you, it frees up that passive point, so you could either pick another mastery or just completely free it up and invest it elsewhere. So that feels good. Yeah, I feel like you have a lot more choice now with what you're doing on your tree like when i'm so i don't ever make builds i just steal them and then change them and make them better for what i'm gonna do but i feel like i have a lot of options now and i can like make three different trees that are all viable for the same builds that like have different qualities that are uh, good and also yeah, no cluster jewels, which is great for me because I hated farming them. On the down, well, I don't know if this is a downside or not. I can't really tell, but I feel like every tree I make now is like really stretched thin, and like you every do, you point matters. One hundred and forty, like yeah. I also want to be level one hundred and forty on every build now. I didn't have that problem before. It was like double yeah, I think it was really funny watching people plan builds before the league started. Like once we had POB and like everyone trying to grab every mastery that was available to them. I'm like, you're gonna have to compromise on this, mate. Like you can't have them all. There's no way. You need other things. Yeah, I'm not yeah. happy about it. I found myself <laughs> specking out a specific masteries where I'm like, okay, yeah, this is good and I liked it, but I I just need more points free. I have to cut corners on the mastery. So I don't have masteries on every cluster anymore. But in regards to uh, like feeling like you have more choices, I definitely agree with that. But I wonder whether that's the case because you actually have more choices or because we've just been set back on our knowledge what the optimal choice is. So maybe you just think you have more choices because we haven't really like figured out what the, the best options are. And like when we grow used to the new system and the new tree, the same that we did with the old one. Slowly and slowly over time, there's going to be less viable choices in our eyes just because we know what the best ones are. And right now, we don't really know for sure. So it seems like we have more options. But I don't know which one it mm. is. Maybe. Mm, I think, like, when it comes to things, like base stats, like life or whatever, there there is both more and less choice because it basically means that most builds can be like can do some kind of life mastery because there's life in nearly every part of the tree, right? But when it comes to something like looking at your damage clusters for your build, once you've got like nearly all of them, you know, that there's not a lot of different ways to path there. Like if you're grabbing Chaos Dart or if you're doing trap build, there's only, you know, a couple of trap areas to go to. So that pathing becomes pretty generic, even though we have masteries because it's not like, you know, I'm trying to yoink a mastery from the other side of the tree. The trap stuff is on the trap clusters, which are in the trap part of the tree. 
So I think when it was pitched to us, like when we didn't know what the tree looked like and, and when it was like conceptually, it just seemed like the tree was broken wide open, but then it still has like its little thematic areas, like taking ghost shrouds off of Trickster and putting it into Shadow's area. Still shadowy, like it's still a shadow thing, even though it's not Trickster. Yeah, yeah, I do agree with that, but it's it's definitely it depends on which ones you're looking at. Like some clusters are really like say life clusters are found almost everywhere on the tree. Somewhere like a little bit more dense on the left side, a little bit more split mm. up on the right side, but you you can access the life masteries anywhere on the tree pretty much, at least the ones that you want. Whereas yeah, yeah with the trap ones, you you won't find them in the top left. But something like elemental damage, there's a lot in the top left, but there's also like one or two on the bottom right side, right? So mm. I think I really like that. I think it would have been also wrong if they completely opened up the passive tree, like everything was everywhere, because then you would have the problem that, you know, like where you'd start your tree doesn't matter anymore. And the only identity mm. you have to your, and be no your class is the ascendancy. Yeah. Outside of the ascendancy. Right, one hour in. Do you think we can touch on scourge? Mm. <laughs> or we we could just like we could just circumvent the entire league, just not talk about it. Keep talking about the base game changes. I don't know. I mean, look, what I love scourge, but the base game changes are far more interesting. Yeah, uh, scourge is great, but you know, the base changes are huge. I could play this game without a league right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm a little hesitant about Scourge. The reason, the reason I'm hesitant about Scourge is because it looks like the meta is evolving into, at least from a softcore trades perspective, into infinitely running white maps, preferably as low tier as possible. And I hate it when that happens. When you say blind maps, it. you mean scourged maps, right? I meant scourged maps, sorry. Crangled maps. It Just looks like sure. the meta is quickly evolving into we only run white crangled maps. And I just, any time that that happens, I hate it. I think. Did that happen before or after the changes, though? Before. Um, before the I changes, think it was this was. It took so fucking long to crangle the top tier ones, right? Um, yeah, but also the rewards are just as good in the tier ones as they are in the tier 16s. It just takes you longer to get there. Um, uh. the, the, the problem is, so even before they buffed the rewards, it was looking like this was going to be one of the most rewarding leagues we've ever had. Ever. But people just hadn't started using them properly yet. And then they like quadruple buffed them. And so now they're ridiculous. Yeah, you know, when they were already ridiculous and they just. People just didn't get a chance to use them yet. Now they're super, super ridiculous, and it looks like the best way to do it is in Tier 1 maps, and I just hate that. I just I want to be forced into Tier 15, Tier 16 maps to get the best reward, right? Like yeah. that's The best reward should be at the end, not at the beginning. Well, that's it doesn't even, make any sense. That's even aggravated by the, the level requirement for the, the corruption from Scourge monsters uh, on, on items to crangle them, by the level requirement being purely cosmetic. Like from what Tanky told me and what testing he did, he, it's actually when it says level 68 monsters or plus, 
it doesn't actually hold true to that. Like you, you can actually ramp up the corruption way faster in, in lower content. And it, it actually doesn't require you to kill 68 plus monsters. Maybe, or I hope it's fixed by now. But yeah, that that's a huge part. But it would have, like, I, I agree totally with you, Balor. It would have been great if they gave a higher requirement than level 68 at the top end for monsters. That, like, if you want to crangle a tier 15 map, you have to run to, to ramp up the corruption in at least tier 10s or something like that. And also that you would get more corruption out of higher level monsters than you get out of lower level monsters. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Like, the amount of corruption for a high level content or a high, high level item should be higher, but then the amount that you progress it should be impacted by the higher level content that you're doing. Exponential growth, kind of. Yeah. Not net. It has a ceiling. I think they're going to be too scared to do anything that'll make it more like um, require higher investment because the initial like reception of the league was that it's like super unrewarding at the low end, but that's just because. In my opinion, people didn't know what they're doing, which is usually the case. Yep. And people, mm-hmm. and with how last league went, I think they're really scared to like hold their ground at all. So I think it's just going to be super insane now, and it's just going to be low tier content because with how people were initially seeing it, they're saying it was super unrewarding at the low end because nobody was doing crangled maps for some reason or anything, and but ignoring like the. Couldn't get him crangled fast enough. Yeah, it's true. Like, honestly, you'd make that one change and then, like, hold off on the rewards for a minute and see if people being able to access crangled maps at, a, at lower levels had showed them that they were going to get rewards by doing that. Hmm. But then I feel like we run into this issue quite often with league content where the reaction is, like, within three days and it's not enough time and it's certainly not enough opinions or a variety of opinions because three pe- three days is is certainly like the top percentage of players reacting to your content like your average joes the average joes who make it to maps are not getting there in three days they're doing it in a week or something and by then they're experiencing it after it's already been changed because some kind of new jerk reactions already happened. And I mean, I'm the average Joe in that example. I hit maps like a few days in like a few days after uh, I haven't crangled a map. I have got one map that has been crangling and it's halfway between tier one and tier two, or it's probably close to tier two now because I ran some content before this show. Um, and I haven't run it yet because I wanted to see, you know, what would happen after I crangled it again. Um, so I didn't even get to experience a crangle map prior to know because I'm average Joe. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> like uh, a large portion of the feedback about League not being rewarding enough was mainly focused on the uh, Scourge modifiers themselves, right? Uh, the the mm. items that drop with Scourge modifiers and the Scourge modifiers that you put onto items. And I think those... There is a large amount of, of modifiers and 
paired modifiers that just don't make the item better. And I think there was also some slight miscommunication from GGG where they said something like, those items are going to be able to compete with unique leveling items, which in most cases they aren't. I feel like at the very low end, when I did my vendor recipe once and I put them into the Crangler, then I it was very easy to get flat damage to spells with some reduced damage that didn't matter on top. Something like that, right? That on the on the very, very low end it was really good. And then for a long time in the mid-tier, nothing really happened. Like when I did armor pieces, most of the times I'd get flat region and reduced defenses or something like that. And it was just never worth the time that it took to actually make the item. Because by the time oh that God. the item was done, you already out-leveled it by a couple of levels. On the subject of the, the two mods, the one, the reduced defenses and flat regen, like, every time they talk to us about the Scourge, like, the pitch, is that you get one good and one bad. Yep. But... Flat re is flat is flat regen really the good one? Sixteen flat regen is amazing in Act One or Act Two. It's really really good to have. It's like comparable <laughs> yeah. to the to the life recovery you'd have from a flask. But later on, not so much anymore. And like I, the, the really the vast majority of armor items that I put in got life regen, like but something above fifty. That needs to be it needs to be hundred and sixty life regen. Not yeah. 16. So it competes with like, the explicit yeah, mods, like, it competes with the vitality and yeah. so on, all the good region. What was I gonna what I was gonna say in regards to that was that when they demoed it and you could see the screenshots, it and they said one positive, one negative, but with the reduced one and it, it shows up underneath, not on top. So like the you know, like in your brain, your hierarchical way of looking at that is going to be like so like reduced effective defenses is the is the positive and the negative is regen <laughs> and i'm like they both look shit to me but you know yeah no i know what you <laughs> like, mean also because you also have the, around, please? the reflect damage to melee attackers which is also a good mod but like on on rare items like the way that we learned the game those are like flat life region low values and and reflect and stuff like that those are bad mods already they're trash mods so i mm. yeah i agree they sh maybe shouldn't even it have kinda, been in the, the pool it reminded me of rog crafting a teeny bit because like every time like the description of like what you were doing with rog it would be say like it will be a good modifier and i'm like well what do you think is a good modifier is there a list <laughs> Like just, I don't know if I agree with you. Is it gonna? Is do we agree on this? Like, <laughs> and it's the same kind of thing with this pool. Like, like, and then I kind of want to say to GGG, like, can we stop using this good bad like dichotomy idea of how to think about crafting? Maybe like that's maybe that's the problem. Like the good bad dichotomy. It's happened twice now in two leagues in a row. Well, I mean, there has to be some sort of, you know, not so good mods in order to make the, the obviously good mods stand out as obviously good. Oh, that's I not what I'm saying. That. I'm not saying all mods should be good. I'm saying that explicitly basing your design on a dichotomy or like a binary system. Okay, we are going to choose between good or bad mods. And then having like a list, which is like essentially two lists, one that says good, and then there's a list of mods, and then one that says bad, and there's a list of mods. 
is like not the right way to approach Path of Exile because it's too nuanced for binary thinking. Think so? I mean, that's yeah. obviously that that's the way that a lot of uniques work. That they provide like a really good upside and the cost of something that they either don't have or like something that they make worse about your build. But nine times out of ten, a unique doesn't have two mods on it. It has you know more than that, which gives you the nuance. Oh, so you're saying there's not enough nuance in the scourge modifiers? <sighs> um, I think it. It's a bit deeper than that. Uh, right, like the I'm concept listening. of the scourge modifiers on uh, on gear is two mods, one that is good and one that is bad. But those are two concepts by themselves. Two mods is one concept, scourged, and then the second concept is the choice of what ki- types of mods we're going to put on there. And those could be a good mod and a bad mod. They're like the guarantee the idea is that they said that there is a list of good mods and a list of bad mods and it rolls a dice and picks one of the ones from the good list and one of the ones from the bad list right right but the that good bad dichotomy in that list is perhaps a bit too reductive for what we benefit from in the game like um yeah but the yeah I get it. What you're Is anyone else to say, understanding like, me, or am I confusing everyone? Were you saying basically, if I understand correctly, and correct me if I misrepresent what you said, but that what is good and what is bad is not, you cannot just reduce that and put it on a list because what's good to one person is not good to the other person. Basically. Yes. Like a player yes. will not necessarily then, look at something as good. And basically saying, in the game, we consider X list to be the list of good mods, but we don't, like you and I, and Lily and Baylor, like we we all have a list in our head of what's good mods and it doesn't necessarily line up with GGG. So if that's the case, then approaching your mod pool as good or bad is maybe not the right way to frame it. <laughs> maybe it needs to be I think what they meant is approach. like you have you have beneficial and detrimental and where, where the, the beneficial ones are all increases and the, the, the bad ones are all decreases. I mean they they already admitted in the or they, they said that when they pitched the idea that the best case scenario is you get a mod that is really good for your build like a, an upside mod that is really good and a downside mod that is not a downside to you as in deal mm-hmm. no fire damage on a lightning build for example right mm-hmm. so they they i think they already acknowledged what you said right that that not all bad mods are bad for everyone and not all good mods are good for everyone it's like it's okay no it's what i'm trying to say is like you're basically criticizing the core design idea of the 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 scourge mod system Uh, maybe would have been better if they didn't do a pairing of mods but if they came up with something different which is in itself a fair point i'm just trying to think i think she's just saying what they how they like explained it is all not necessarily the system itself just like how they yeah, well, we don't into it. have privy of what the system is. We have all we have is what we experience, and then what they communicate about it. And there's certain ways that it's portrayed. So that's the yeah. level of transparency that we have access to, right? But anyway, I don't want to dwell on this. If it's- <laughs> well, I'd be curious to learn what's your best item. Like as you said, you didn't really. 
engaged that much with it yet and are still baking your first maps in terms of item mods do you any did you have anything where you really liked your scourge modifiers on it like maybe something that you used for leveling or um the the only thing that i really enjoyed which ended up being a mod that i had like a, a an item that i had for a while was increased mana regen it helped me um get through the campaign what was the downside on that item Hmm, I can't remember. Um, something that didn't affect me, it was like maybe, uh, oh, it was a dexterity requirement. And I was a dex build, so it didn't matter. Nice. But it was kind of funny because, yeah, uh, someone in chat said that it's not good, bad, it's positive, negative. But the problem is the perception of good, bad, uh, positive, negative. Um, I guess my assumption was a positive thing and a negative thing is one is good and one is bad. So perhaps my it's my fault for um, mistaking it for like the list of mods is actually you know we are taking something away or we're adding something maybe hmm. yeah no but it's still fair to say like I mean I can't reduce that to a problem of your misunderstanding I mean communication is always you know there's always a sender and a receiver yeah you're not the only not one the only who perceives one it like that positive and negative and thought positive for me and negative for me Bella, what was your most impactful item that you had so far from the mechanic? A queen of the forest that hit flat evasion. That sounds good. Nice. Yeah, so it was relatively bad rolled on like day two, and it still ended up with like 1600, uh, sorry, 2600 or whatever evasion. Oh, on. yeah, like, but there's no tainted right. divines, so you can't make it godlike. It could have been, if it was a well-rolled one, it would have been like 19, uh, 29 rather, 100, and that, was, that would have been, that would have been quite something, but it I turned mean, my shit one into a be way better than average one. And I was like, that's cool. And then I haven't found anything since. Um, in fact, just yesterday, I turned off all the scourge items on the ground. They're just talent. They're just large talismans. <laughs> I mean, they, they have the same problem as talismans and in general as rare item drops. They're, they're just regular drops, but then with another layer of RNG on top. And yep. like, like you said, with the, the Queen of the Forest, the implicit just making up, or the Scourge implicit just making up for the fact that the Queen itself wasn't really well rolled. I had that with a lot of items that dropped with like plus 30 maximum life on the implicit. And it just made up for the fact that they didn't have good life on the explicit mods. So it was yep. like, mm. yeah. A lot of mediocre so stuff. There was one league where talismans were worth picking up off the ground for like the whole first three weeks of softcore trade. When they had like their, they were like, oh, we're going to make talismans drop in this like super lucky loot system that yeah. makes them really good. And that was exciting for a small, for one league, it was worth picking up talismans off the ground. And that for some reason... They took that system away instead of the random anoint system at the same time as they gave us the ability to anoint them. So they made them worthless again. Oh, so yeah. they get hidden. Right? And so then these are introduced and they don't put the lucky. If they used that system that they definitely already have to make the scourge gear on the ground drop like that, yeah. we would have good scourge items on the floor. And I wouldn't, I would not have turned them off yet. Yeah, 
that that was also my one of my first pieces of feedback or opinion about it was that why do these items drop that much and they're all trash why not just give us like 10 percent of the amount of items that drop and then just have them well rolled because then you still even if they're good they could still be bricked Mm. by the scourge modifiers yeah yeah lucky lucky ramp rare drops would have been bricked by like that would have been good And of course, the, the thing that they removed now with the, the modifiers that cancel each other out, that was super funny, though. Which, yeah, by the way, that's my favorite thing. I had already planned on getting, like, double themselves bricked uniques and just collecting them in a tap, and I'm really sad about it. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really sad about that, it. That's niche. <laughs> I, I, got like a, I got, like, a cane of the unraveling or whatever, you know, the, the like, chaos stuff? Mm. And I got it with increased chaos damage deals no chaos damage. Nice. And I was like, that's the best item I've ever owned in my life. I'm going to collect a whole tab full of just shit like this. I have that leveling <laughs> scepter. What's it called? The crystal, the, the <laughs> Axiom Perpetuum. I have that, that dropped from a boss. So it has like double, double scourge modifiers. And it has deal 80 plus reduced chaos damage and deal 80 plus reduced elemental damage. And it's like, it's completely terrible. It also has flat fizz to spells, but... Obviously, you wouldn't use it at all because it also raised the level requirement to fifty-four. I think Lily showed me a ring that had a what was it? You have a, a no? Um, it was gloves with apply a curse yeah, on hit, and you with, can't curse or something like that. Yeah, it was Vaughn on hit and cannot curse. That's my favorite <laughs> item so far. It was like Let's one of the it. very first ones I dropped too. I was like, oh, that's that's a really good item. <laughs> It was super funny. Just take those all into standard and be like, man, that's some fucking legacy shit right there. I can imagine leagues from now, someone going around and collecting these. That'd be so funny. But in terms of actual ones... Oh yeah, please. My thing about the... uh, What's it called? Lucky Rare mods on the rare scourge items i don't think they should necessarily put it in uh like just the random drop pool that the mobs drop but i think they should put it on the bosses because the way the bosses are right now you kill the boss and you get like the specific scourge bosses what happens is you kill them they drop like 15 rares or so and they're all absolute garbage and There's basically, and then you'll get like two tainted armor scraps and maybe one fusing, and it's like and basically not worth the kill. Them. I mean, it is, I guess, if you can do it. But I've, I've only seen it. three of them so far. Do they always drop a like double crangled unique? Yeah, it's guaranteed yeah. to have one double crangled okay. unique. Oh, is that the unique thing? Because um, I remember looking through all the announcement and realizing that this there's no sketch uniques this league. Like we get, we got yeah. six uniques in the core drop pool or other league uniques. Yeah, like the the uber content. Yeah. And then remembering Chris saying to Ziggy that there was going to be bosses, you know, but we're not going to say anything about it because we like it to be a surprise. And me going, well, if you've got bosses, what are they going to drop that's different? <laughs> yeah. 
they they did say somewhere leading up to the I think when they when they announced the tainted currencies, they said that those are mainly going to come from the bosses, so you're going to have to engage with the bosses in order to get them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's that's correct. I guess. Um, you guys, um, all know how to know. Like you can tell if there's a boss in your map, even if you don't see it, right? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> uh, so if if you open Scourge in your map and you see like purple balloons, lightning, or meteors, there's a boss somewhere in the map, and it corresponds to what Which it one? is. Yeah. You also see the symbol on the mini map uh, from relatively far away, then. But that, that's a great indicator. Yeah, when but those away. indicators are like map wide. Like if you're on the other side of the map, they'll be everywhere. So you'll know you have to go looking for it, right? I need to do a crangled map. Mm, you crangled maps. They're kind of the only thing I want to run, by the way. I have some oh, really you know, good ones speaking. Crangled maps that get um. There's one mod that's like super annoying that I think they should reconsider. Is the um, take physical damage on shifting? No, not the phys- the one where you fill up the bar and then it, it auto phases you into it. Yeah, <laughs> that. But like when you're towards the end of the map, what can happen is like you have half, or rather, you finish the scourge pretty much. You finish the entire map of scourge, and then like. You still have half of the regular map left. And then yep. every time you kill like two mobs, it puts you in. <laughs> then there's a delay when you can get out. So you have to keep going in and out or yeah. just abandon the map um, like I do. I had someone in chat say that they got trapped inside a Zana, no, um, an Alva incursion with that because they couldn't get out. Because <laughs> oh, like they were in while inside, and then they couldn't leave because of the scourge being that's there. Funny. And I was like, "Wow, that's not good design." It's kind of great though. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's but- funny to talk about once, but like the rest of your map, man. Oh yeah, the same thing would apply to ritual because you're like in that closed-in space. Hmm. So you can you can actually shift into nightmare in places where you could normally not shift if it was with the button, but just because you fill up the bar with it, it shifts you. Yeah, that's crazy. I feel there's sadly, I have to say that there's a lot of things like that in this league where you just feel like yeah, would have really been maybe maybe would have benefited from more testing. Yeah, hmm. have you guys tried you like just? Turning on Scourge when you're in Harvest because there's nothing there. Yep, yep, tried literally, it once. Literally nothing. Yeah, and it's like, okay, so I know it works everywhere because the button's everywhere, but like, where is it actually going to be worth it to do it? Because I lose blood every time I do this. So I'm just wandering around in empty space looking for Scourge monsters. But The garden there. looks super pretty, though. <laughs> Outside of the, the, there's no Scourge monsters, but the Scourge version of the garden looks cool. Another thing that really uh, annoyed me about it, and that's something that I feel like should have come up in alpha testing, and I have no idea how it made it into the game, is the fact that there's only one leak button, and now we have so many leaks that require pressing that button, and you cannot shift into or out of Nightmare when you're on top of an expedition, because then you will place explosives with the button. And Mm. that is just... 
the that's so maximum annoying. I've actually messed I've up expeditions. I've been waiting to see a rib clip from that. Oh, it's gonna happen for sure. I'm waiting for them to run out of space because you run into a map with all of the leagues and the buttons have all just pushed each other that way. Like, yeah, I mean they're definitely running out of keybinds right? already. No, and so similarly, I I put. Because A, just, or like, the, the leak button only shifts you in and out of Nightmare, but it's not the same button that you need to open the Crucible, and it didn't have, like, a, a button linked for default. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was un... No, it un did. It was a comma, and I changed it to K for Krangle, and I was really excited about doing this. <laughs> well, for me, it didn't have one, maybe because the key was already used that, that it wanted to put it to, but for me, it was not know. set... I didn't notice, but when you mouse over it, it says open the cru blood crucible and then in brackets there's a um like whatever it is the key that it is but i didn't realize and i only noticed like two or three days in oh. um because i actually like kept for the first two days just i kept hitting k because in my head i was thinking crangle 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 <laughs> and which i think not k even the name opens, like by default the cosmetics tab which is so I just like kept opening the cosmetic tab by accident, just had already made this leap and then realized that I could actually change the keybind because I didn't know that there was a keybind um, to begin with. Was that a keybind specifically for Scourge? Or is it like no, any league mechanic No, there's a keybind for Scourge, which is your league mechanic Scourge. And then if you open your inventory and mouse over the Blood Crucible, right. there's a keybind for that too. Yeah, and that one was new added because for me it was not set. It specifically when I hovered the the Blood Crucible, it didn't say any key there, and that yeah, was because the the key that it is per default or supposed to go to is already allocated. I already put the help panel on there because now that chat said it's the semicolon per default. That's where where my help panel is because I always need that hotkey because you cannot open the help panel because it's grayed out when you're on the beach when you start, but you really want to switch off the pop-ups before you start, otherwise you get annoyed and tilted and you mess up your league start. So you need to open that somehow, and so you need that key, that's why I know. But like for me, I directly, when I noticed that, I set it to a keybind, and I was like, because A is my league key, I was like, okay, then I do shift A for the blood crucible. But now I can't use shift A to remove explosives on expeditions because A is like the leak key is put the expedition detonators down and shift leak key is remove detonators. And now I can't do that anymore because when I press that on top of an expedition, it just opens my blood crucible and I have to use the button on the, on the overlay on the, on the graphical user interface. Plus, you know, there's other keybinds like the dynamites keybinds and like in the delve and, all that. Yeah. So uh, every every league they introduce different inventory panels, and they're all in different places. Like heist and ha harvest, and harvest has its like crafting bench, and heist has its locker, and then there's the expedition locker as well. And then there's a couple of leagues that are in H, like next to ch challenges and achievements. You've got prophecy and bestiary. Very and good then, point. That's where I expected it to be. That's where, from that's the where start I of the league, I was like, why is it not I there? I thought it was going to be there too. And I, I'm actually like starting to have um, some genuine confusion because each league has a very different approach to UI and also how it works with HUD. Like, 
whether the Liga has a button down the button. Like Tane Tane has one and Ritual has one and um this league has one, but then like Delirium doesn't have a button because it's Mira, so you can't trigger it. Um but then there's like the fast forward button, but that's in that spot. And then you know, like I don't know that the logic seems to lack consistency. So every time a new thing is introduced, they, there's no like cohesive design to how this is all supposed to fit together. He's he. Mm. I know this is just a thing that's only really probably going to affect us and not everyone. But could they please stop putting buttons in different places? Uh, especially yeah, down the I bottom where my fucking camera goes. Spots. Right, but I just they keep. There's nowhere left for me to put my camera. Nowhere across that bottom row is safe, and you look dumb if you float in the middle of the air. Like, mm. like <laughs> they've removed the ability to show what's going on in game at all times. I can no longer and do that because there's so many league mechanics now being introduced, like within the map itself. Your art is like pretty crowded. Man. Yeah. Yeah, if you have like metamorph and ritual and uh, and and whatever, Scourge. like some yeah, skirts you have in every map. Yeah, that that's already you got three back to back. Yeah, before this league, whenever people complain about the game feeling overloaded with league mechanics, I didn't really feel it, but I'm I'm starting to feel it this league like a lot. I like how <laughs> dense maps were feeling about two leagues ago. Like ritual league, maybe, um, or th- three leagues ago. But now it's like I could genuinely forget if I finish the map because there's a few different things that I'm trying to do there, and then I'll like <laughs> run out. I've got so much stuff. I've got to go back to town to, you know, put it in my stash, and then forget that I didn't finish the map because I already did so much content that it felt like I finished. Yeah, I mean that's my attention problem, obviously, but. Oh, but I, I have the exact same thing. Like, whenever I'm in my hideout and the map is still open, I'm like, okay, wait, did I finish this map? I think I remember doing the boss, but did I full, full clear it? And then I always have to go back into the map and check. Um, another thing about, with that topic is just give us more customizability, because specifically with Blight and Delirium, I've been really annoyed that there's just a button on the bottom that does the same thing as the hotkey, and I'll just randomly click that button and end my delirium prematurely because I like to spam click all around the screen because I'm, I i don't know. That's how I play. That's why I also use the huge pink cursor because I lose the cursor because I just, I'm very impulsive with my, with my gameplay. So I'd really love it when there's a hotkey for something, then give us a disable the graphical user interface element option. Because I don't think I need a button to end my delirium on the screen. I can just end it with a key. I'll just... Yeah, there's no upside for me to have that. Yeah, unfortunately they said they don't want to ever release UI customization. Yeah. They seem pretty yeah, firm on that. they have UI customization. When they say that, that, what they mean is like they don't want you to be able to you to move the health globe or the skill bar to the top left of the screen or something like that. But they do have UI customization because you can yeah. customize your cursor. You can customize your buff bar. There, there are options that, that individualize the thing for you. Yeah. 
I also, mean, I just disagree with them. Like, I think they should allow customized UIs, but I feel like if if the game isn't recognizable without the UI on, you've already made a mistake. <laughs> yeah. I think this game is that, that is a great counter argument to to their typical uh-huh. argument that they want the game to have yeah. a rec- like recognizable look. But I think there is no good reason why we can't have the say the console version of the UI overlay instead of the PC version on PC. Like, wh- why not make that a thing? Like, half the time when they showcase us videos, they have the entire UI turned off. No one's mistaking it for another game. That's a really That's, good point. Their whole argument is mute in their own videos. Like, let me customize shit. <laughs> I don't want to okay. move the globes or any of that stuff. Like, I don't... I don't really care. I'm kind of used to looking at them down there, but in terms of like natural pattern recognition and how people's eyes move around the screen and how this game is designed, it's fucking stupid how stuff is laid out. Like emphatically bad that you have to look into the top left to see what debuffs are applying to you because if you do that, you're looking away from your character that's in danger and already dying from the debuffs that you're checking, that you're trying to figure out how to react to with flasks because Floss is supposed to be reactive if you're not, you know, immediately preventing them. Like, just follow that entire loop through to the end, and there's a flaw. There's flaws to that logic. You said you said something really good there that, that made me want to sidetrack real quick. The change to Flasks is so amazing, like reactive and proactive. I'm, I'm feeling like such a god with, uh, with literal, like, I think 12 to 14 seconds shock immunity on my instant life flask so whenever i instant life flask because i take a large amount of damage and maybe i got shocked i mean not anymore now i've reduced effect of shock but like just pressing that and then 14 seconds of shock immunity, and that's only the tier 2 mod what does the tier 1 mm-hmm. is that 14 to 16 seconds or what 16 to like 14 to 18 uh, i have no idea good I think it's good <laughs> what do you say good she said 18, was it? 18, yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure. That's, that is cool. It's crazy. Like, and I really like that on the life flask. I also like having my, my permanent during flask time immunity back on the utility flasks. Um, but I also like last leak. Like, I, I honestly genuinely like the direction that we're moving into. And I feel it's sort of a shame that they walked back on that by like 120%. Not saying I'm not happy with how it is now. And I'm happier with it than, it, than I was with it last league. But it, it, it's not even vaguely reminiscent of what they were trying to do with last, last league. It's just back to the old system for the most part. And way stronger. But that was I just think a, what's, Yeah, please. I think this is more just kind of separate but similar. I think the direction the game's gonna go now is kind of what I said I think they should do in terms of not necessarily what's best for the game, but what's best for the player base is like they said they wanted to walk back power creep a ton, but now we can see they're kind of adding a huge amount back like this league's pretty crazy 
what I said they should do is I said they sh- should have never toned it down like they did. Um, they should have done was just leave it relatively the same, which I think it's pretty much back to the way it was before in most regards. Um, and then I think the new end game is going to just be a lot more insane. And I think they'll are right, what I hope they'll do is leave the baseline of what it is like around now. And then just add harder content and hopefully don't let it scale out of control again. Tier 21 maps. (laughs) Can't wait. (laughs) That that is probably the way they'll go, though. Makes more sense and it'll piss off less people and have the exact same result, right? Yeah. Have you guys done any of the Uber and game stuff yet? Not a single bit. All my builds have been trash. (laughs) (laughs) You haven't even told us about your builds. I I just want to quickly say, like, I have I've had people in chat tell me that blight ravaged maps are insane, and apparently you can self-sustain them. Like blight ravaged maps don't only drop from blighted maps, but they also drop from blight ravaged maps. So you could just blight ravaged map into blight ravaged map. Apparently, can change. (gasps) I'm not sure that's. Sure, that's a good hmm. decision, but it sounds like a great alternative endgame. Some people, the ones that do enjoy that sort of stuff. Hmm. Do, do you want to get in any specific one of them? Anybody? Like, is I'm there one we're aiming okay for? okay with not hitting them this league. If I can, I will try them, but. I don't think there's something that's going to be removed from the game, so I'm in no rush to get there. Like, I cannot see a reason why they would be removed. No, there is, is there a downside now, right? to them? I think they're core now. Like, they did, they're not part of the league. Yeah, they're, just, no, they're, no. they're definitely not so part of the I league. I think it would be the weird if they removed them. Huh? Yeah. Sorry? I just think it would be weird if they removed them. Exactly. So I'm just like, yeah, all right. The the top level players are going to really enjoy them this league and I'll get there when I get there. He, hearing me, that though. you might be able to maintain Uber blights sounds wrong though. Cause like it tracked in my head as one of those like very nice circle of life things where like, if you were good enough to map and collect blighted maps, but you didn't want to do them or you weren't good enough for them, you could sell those. And then there would be people who would, do blighted maps because they like that and they can do that content but weren't powerful enough to do the uber ones and then the uber ones would would be run by people even more powerful and then these would drop lots of loot that they would sell to the mapping guys and then it just ends up being like a circle but if you can just self-sustain them it kind of ruins that well i have no idea how reliable it is maybe the people who told me about it were just lucky with getting them back and maybe there's actually just a Maybe you'll run out of them eventually, mathematically speaking, because they just don't drop often enough. You don't drop one per map, but half one per map, so eventually mm-hmm. you run out. But what I heard, that that's pretty nuts. They have pretty good rewards. Overall, from just blights being, like, blights in regular occurrences, like a blight encounter, has been dropping lots of blight maps for me. And it's, like, the most, I think, that we've experienced, which is... It's really cool to have leagues dropping their own content again, like that being the source, like Delve being the, a good source of fossils and resins, things like that. 
I'm excited about that. Yeah, I, I wonder like, whether that's. I wonder whether you and I have just been lucky, or whether other people can echo that as well. But like, um, I also got a lot more blighted maps than I got for my blights in maps. Um, maybe they wanted that to be the case so that you're not you don't feel like forced into picking the blight passives, the tree. You were looking to run uh, blighted maps or drop. That definitely feels great. Yeah, I have a ton of blighted maps. I've definitely sold yeah, my map a ton tab of called Sexy maps. maps, which has all my blighted maps in it. Do you not have a blight tab? Nah. Hmm. I don't want one. I so still pretty. haven't bought any of the set that that set. I haven't bought any of them. <laughs> uh, I think I caved in when they announced the affinities. <laughs> No, I have I have like a I have a tab that's just called dot money and that's my blight metamorph and delirium tab. Yeah, I do the same thing. Cause I, I just I have I still do not like the decision there at all. So you mentioned that like the idea of getting content from the content, right? Like getting but the <laughs> Sad part is I was also really excited for that, but it's not, it's not, they missed it entirely. You get a billion more fossils from running crangled maps. You'll get a billion more delirium splinters from running crangled maps. That is the, get- the leak mechanic of the current leak though. That's always been like that. And when we, then the topic came up in podcasts before, we always said that we're fine with the current leak mechanic giving you everything because they want you to engage with the current leak mechanic over anything else. Right. I mean, I agree totally with the sentiment that you're expressing that specific when content was, should get... Wasn't it Legion? Legion was the one that set the trend for making League Mechanics re- reward mm-hmm. any League Mechanic content, any League content, and prior yep. to that it used to be the League re- gave you the League stuff and nothing else. And it's... They've not really departed from that since. And it's sort of hard to, like, picture them doing differently, even though it would be cool to... I, I can't even now, now that I'm saying that I can't picture the player base accepting it. Hmm. I think it's fine as long as, like Balor said, as long as like delve is the best way to get fossils. You can still get a handful of fossils here and there, from other places. But it's just like if you're after fossils, you shouldn't feel like there is a better, more efficient way to generating them than to engage with delve content. Yeah. But but there is. You can get 200 simulacrum splinters out of one crangled map. Super easy. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I walked into just a basic tier Is two that, that I just crangled for fun. and got, like, 160 Is that after the or before? After. Oh. So actually, like, the, before, like, I'm not over-exaggerating. Before the buff, this was the most rewarding league mechanic we have ever had. Ever. People yeah, just didn't know how so to use it yet. Everyone and if was they just, had just focusing waited for on Grimro's video. If we, if they just not buffed it and just waited for Grim's video, and maybe done the like, here you can crangle maps faster thing. Like that was yeah. definitely good, but that would have been it. And it just you just wait for Grim to put out the video to say, look at how disgusting this is. Look, yeah. I've run the numbers. I've done all the tests for you. Look at how much stuff you get. It already looked like it might be the very most rewarding league ever. 
and then they like multiplied it by four. And now I'm like, I, you, you just there's no point in doing anything else. Like people aren't legion farming for legion splinters to go do four ways. That's not a thing. You farm crangled maps. It like, doesn't it help that they removed the the good legion. Yeah, that was passive too. That emblematic, was, that was you so mean good, the one with the one percent chance for splinters to yeah. drop as emblems? Yeah, I thought that was a like, little could, bullshit, though. They could have halved it, and it still would have been taken, and that would be fine. But removing it makes you just not want to farm legion. <laughs> but mm. here's the thing: so the um, the Watchstones are now the only way to get that. You can get like half a percent chance or whatever per watchstone, or like 0.2 of a percent chance or something per watchstone of like emblems to drop full. Really? Um, well, those watchstones they work in the crangle maps, so you can easily walk out of a crangle map with three full watchstones or three full legion things. Oh, because they just work in the crangle maps. I want to do that. All your like, passives work in the crangle maps. It, all of them. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> It'd have yeah. to be limited to the mechanic itself. Yeah. All of the passives through the whole atlas work on the crangle maps. All the watchstones work on the crangle maps. Yeah, but like with some things it works and with others, I mean, obviously like something like beasts are more likely to be of a rare kind, like or of a, that doesn't affect yeah. crangled maps at That's all because you don't important. drop beats, uh, beasts. But, but yeah, they, they definitely, yeah. Um... I think there's a really good point in chat that I'd like to riff off if that's okay. Um, Karina Stan said, maps isn't what they sold the league as though. That's why it felt unrewarding. The big advertising crangling was bad. So the, like the thing that was part of, you know, the announcement and like the identity of Scourge was the unique or like the items, the types of items we could get. Right. And in general, it's being good, but sort of, underwhelming has is what i've seen the sentiment be um at so i we were talking about it before and i don't you guys were more interested in stuff that didn't necessarily work and was kind of funny for the novelty uh-huh. but like is there is there is there an item in that really was fucking crazy for you that makes it feel you know like you're holding scourge in your hand by having it the problem with that is it's that it needs to be balanced around the top best outcomes, which means anything less than that will never be be good. What I'm trying to say is, for example, I have a ring that has plus one minimum endurance charges and reduced mana region on the Scourge Implicits. And that would be really good if you had that on a ring that also had plus one min endurance charges on the Explicit, right? But since it doesn't, it just makes up for the fact, like the, the Scourge implicits only make up for the fact that the ex- explicits are bad. And I don't know exactly how to fix that problem. I have the same problem with when I found out how it works, that, that I didn't really want to put any item into the the Scourge slot. Trying to avoid saying Krangle. But um, I... I <laughs> I didn't really want to put anything in because it gains the corrupted tag and then you can't double corrupt it in the temple afterwards. So technically, if you Mm. want to make a really good item, you first need to apply all the stuff, then you need to go hit a good double corrupt, and then you can hit a good crangle because you couldn't hit the good crangle first and then go and double corrupt it. It just takes away the chance for you to get good corrupt implicits. 
Now, now what you can do is take white bases that you want to be uniques and just double corrupt them with zero investment at all. Don't quality them, don't socket them, don't link them, don't do anything. And you can just hunt down your like plus four double corruption. And then you can try and chance it into a unique and then you can socket it and link it and crangle it all afterwards. So that's one order of operations that works relatively well. I just thought I'd Lily, throw that have out. You had any crazy items? Had any? No, they're all trash. And I've been whooping like six really good combinations that I really wanted and not one has showed up on anything. Like for instance, I wanted an occultist vestment, any occultist vestment, even one I could chance uh, that had pain attunement on it because it can. And so I've been looking the whole le- that whoop hasn't gone off once. There hasn't been one in all of softcore trade. They don't exist, but it's an option and it could exist. It is what we were sold on was these disgusting great items. And like, mm-hmm. I was excited to have like a, a shavs tree, a low life shavs tree that went nowhere near pain attunement. I was going to go all the way down, like the left-hand side of the tree. I was going to scale fire and fire damage stuff over there and out in one cluster and not have to travel over to pain attunement. And that was going to be really cool. And it just has, it just doesn't exist. But even if I had unlimited money, I couldn't buy it, which I don't. I'm broke because my builds were shit, but that's not important. Um, <laughs> But they don't exist, so eh. I think I don't know. I think something we might see as the league goes on is if they but like I don't know if they'll do it, but like people want them to buff the scourge modifiers, right? Because mm-hmm. like most of the time you get something bad. But I think the point of the league is that like you're making a ton of copies of items relatively easily. Like you can six link things super easily crangle three at a time and do this over a course of a few days, you're bound to get something okay at the very least. Mm. But since it's only a week in, I think it seems really bad. But I think if it was made like significantly better, that might be an issue for like long term and you'll just end up with like a pile oh, of yeah. really, really insane stuff that We'll the just... same as the harvest argument. Yeah, sort of. I don't think it's as bad as that because that's no. Just the like... outcome is similar, though. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I was just thinking in regards to the comment that I that was that I was picking out in chat. Um, they've already gone and buffed the map side of it, which is kind of overshadowed the crangling of the items right yeah. like the rewards of the maps and now the thing and maybe one of my questions would be like peewee and, and chris conversation about like what's important to this game is always around like items and the items having like a really unique experience um and they this this league looks like it was specifically designed so that you would have crazy unique experiences of items but what we keep reverting back to is less to do with that and more to do with the content that we're interacting with and what rewards it gives i don't know should it be about the items or should it be about the content 
Mm. Well, the way that it was marketed, it definitely seemed like the scourged items were the main reward of the league. That those were the the, the carrot dangling on the line in front of you, basically, and like. Very, very quickly, like we pointed out, it, it turned out that Scourged maps are the real star of the league in terms of rewards, but mm. the large majority of the player base didn't even have a chance to catch on to that before they buffed the shit out of them. Because people yeah. were feeling bad about the other rewards, which were marketed as the main sort of thing of the league. And yeah. Not so, yeah, but the Scourged maps are really where the juice was already. They didn't have to buff them that much. I feel like... I feel like they should never focus the... Like, focus um, the presentation, like how they say the League's supposed to be. I don't think they should ever present Leagues as, like, making crazy items is the main thing. Because the majority of the player base doesn't ever craft or anything. So I think they should usually focus on the actual mechanic itself. Like they should have focused on the maps and the side piece could have been the crafting. And yeah. I don't really know how you even balance that because the way the game's set up, it's really hard to make it so like the quote unquote average player can actually make something good in a reasonable amount of time without completely like just flooding every you're flooding the market with super insane gear for super cheap, and then everything's just ridiculous, like with Harvest, yeah. where I don't think there's a way to balance that in the way the game's set up. Yeah, I don't that, think it there's just really ruins, any solution. Ruins the baseline expectation for everyone. If like everyone has insane items, then those items are not insane, they're the new standard, and then it's really, really hard to move back from that. Like, um, like um, influence bases when they were introduced to the game. To make rare bases good again, but rare bases still shit compared to influence bases. <laughs> so on. It's definitely a lot easier to balance content than items for everyone. Because I was just yeah. thinking about the balance for the what they've done to Scourge maps. But me being like a 1% of player, which I use in big quotation marks because my net worth is like 200c. But like, it doesn't matter how powerful my character gets. When I go and crangle a map, it can only have 12 rares in it. This map will only have 12 sets of rewards no matter what I do to it. And if your build is just strong enough to kill all 12 of them in the amount of time that you have, you will get the same amount of rewards out of that map as I will, no matter what. doesn't matter if my character's worth 500 exalts it, that just means I might get through the map quicker than you, and then I get to launch another one. I'll still make more, but that's because I'm running more of them. That one map I run, that'll be just as rewarding for you as it is for me. And so they've kind of nailed that, at least, even though I don't like love what they've done with it. Wait, at so least there, there, there's a the fixed amount of rares of, of scourge rares in the scourged maps. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't scale with like increased modifiers to rare monsters when you have Nemesis on the map or something like that, or more rare monsters on the Watchstones or stuff like that. Nope. No, because that's the scur That's not the scourge. That'd be the normal reality, right? Yep. Yeah, but I mean, if I other Watchstone modifiers affect the drops, then it is reasonable to assume that more rare mods monsters would also affect the scourge. And that's something not that I didn't know. 
as someone who hasn't really engaged with a whole lot of the Scourge maps. At least as far as I can tell, and as far as a few other people who have been playing with it can tell, nothing seems to affect it at all. I mean, that's good, like you said, but I, I still think the, the fact that you do the maps faster is a big factor, because not only do you get yeah, to... Yeah, you amass that stuff faster. Yeah, yeah, you actually, you, you not only farm that one map that's scourged faster and get your rewards faster, even though they're the same rewards, but you also wrangle more maps more faster and make and generate more maps with the same amount of rewards. Av average player. A um, little bit of a, a side topic, but one that we wanted to touch on uh, regardless. Uh, you think the Blood Crucible passive tree is well thought out design? Do you think that the League needed that? And do you think it's in a good place that the way it is now that we all completed it fully more or less? And uh, you think it's impactful enough or too impactful? Mm -hmm. I find myself not even using the Krangler, and I know I should. I only use it for the maps. At the very least, pop some six sockets for links in there so that they have a chance to six link so you get more divine orbs. Divines are like 6C. In the time it takes me to do that, I'm going to lose money. What? The time that it takes you to do put an item in there? Well, then I got to turn six sockets back on again to start with. Then I got to figure out which one's a five link with my eyes. Like, that's so much time. I'm real slow, man. If I have to make, if I have to think and make decisions during gameplay, I am very much slowed down. That's the main reason my filters are that strict. I don't have the ability to see something and not pick it up. Like, that's not... It has to go off or or it, or it's worth picking up. Those are the only options. <laughs> see, my filter is so non-strict <laughs> that I don't have the, the luxury of picking up everything. <laughs> mm. I, know, I, know, I know what you mean. Yeah, I guess I wanted to talk about the masteries. Where do you get the third Krangle slot? You explained that to someone on, on stream the other day. Where, where do you get um, it? Is it from like... Because someone told me it's from an NPC. You encounter the NPC again in maps later or something like that? No, really? it's from... You kill the bosses and then it'll drop an item and then you give it to the NPC in your hideout. Right. Also like a green item, like a quest item. Yeah. And when and where do you get that? Is there like a condition for it? And a certain number just, of bosses? I don't know. I just I've done a lot of bosses. I don't know if it's a number or random. I'm assuming it's random, but I've done like over ten plus bosses, so maybe it's at a high number like that or it's random. I'm leaning towards random now. Or minimum. I feel like tier. nobody else has it. No, yeah, I've never it, seen it. Someone told me that it's in the if you if you like in, in tier fourteen plus that. Yeah. But hmm. uh, I have no definitive information on it either. That's why I'm asking, trying to inquire. I'm eager to see it. I really just need to get further into it. 
Yeah, I have like uh, I think two passes that I still need to max out that that affect whether he upgrades a random modifier and like a chance to get an additional beneficial modifier on Krangling. But would be very good. Like I said, I think at the top end, the 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 scourge modifier system is really good. Get a good outcome, it's godlike. But there's like very very few things in the mid tier that feel good. I don't think I've gotten anything to tier three yet, so I probably just need to crangle stuff more. I, yeah, I'm giving it. Crangle is now. Yeah. It's just. It's part of my brain. I think that the very first Krangle could just not have a downside and that that would be okay because none of the really good rewards are on the tier one anyway. Mm. And that would be for like the lower level play. That's no risk, right? You go, oh, I just finally got my six link. Let's Krangle it and see if I get something cool. You'll probably get something not related to your build that doesn't matter. But if you just got rid of the chance of bricking the item on the very first one and left it on the others so that if I want to take risks and go for like one of the good ones, I still can. And there's still downsides. I think that would make a lot you of mean people like feel a lot better too. like tier one period? Like any tier one? Yeah. Triangle? Right. Yeah. Just, just don't have the downside on that. That would be okay. Yeah. I, I, I could wrap my head around. I'd like the having... idea of it being stacking. Being what? Like, Sorry. Tier one, you get a positive. Tier two, you get a chance of either a positive or a negative. Tier three, and then you stack them. Oh, that would be fucking fun. Hmm. That would feel like a propaganda to me. Yeah. I like that idea, but I think it might be too strong. I think that the... The fact that they are making or that they're able to make the top end outcomes so good is that every modifier that's good comes with a modifier that's supposed to be bad. Like, that's. Ah, uh, we're not supposed to say they're good and bad, apparently. <laughs> Detrimental <laughs> and beneficial. Or whatever. Yeah. But that's the same. <laughs> like, you could also interpret <laughs> that. Like, for me, yeah. deal no <laughs> physical damage is not detrimental. It's not a detriment to my build. But it's like, yeah, I but know it what it is. It is a bad mod. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But it's not bad for me. <laughs> but it's in the bad mod pool. Um, no, I, I think that's definitely designed like that. that make them the really good ones really good because they come with potentially a really bad downside that may go as far as bricking your item that has a really good upside. But Well, I mean, now it doesn't brick it anymore, at least not for every build because you can't get the downside that counteracts the upside anymore. Which means that a lot of the meme items that we've farmed and kept and stuff like that are going to be legacy and more sought after. They're going to be collector's items. They're going to be rich guys in a couple of years. I just said that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, s I'm sad about it, so. Mm. I think it was just happening with far too much frequency. The like doubling up of your additive and yeah. Do you think we'll see like an iteration of of um, of changes to it? I think they're still gonna oh, yeah. change it significantly. Oh, yeah. 
You think I they feel have like to? There's something. There's some feedback. They're still cooking through. Yeah, we're only like, one weekend. We we never get the final form of a league for at least like three weeks. Right, like they, they change every league. Okay, I but fully like, expected us to lose the ability to get just completely fucking free six links. I expected that to go away. I expected that to be a more like 75% chance to go down, 25% chance to go up or something. When they realized how quick and easy we were all getting six links and it just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. Now everyone just has a six link. Well, they have a history of not being able to take away things. Unless it's blatantly OP and broken, they're not going to take away things from players during the league. I mean, I think it's pretty, pretty close to being at that level with. Yeah, yeah, but I by agree. design. I mean, it's working as intended. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. So, like, they they could have decided first, not to release it like that, but they didn't. Yeah. At first, I wasn't sure if it was like a bug, and I was expecting it to be hot fixed. And when, when it wasn't by the end of day one, I was like, "All right, it's gonna stay." But outside what, of the six linking specifically, yeah, about the six linking specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but outside of uh, the things that we talked about already, do you feel like there's any any big need for a change still, specific to the late mechanic or to the base game? Anything that that pops out as as urgent and needing to be addressed? I want, to, mm. I want to quickly bring attention to something Karn has uh, posted. Oh, the, on Twitter. The, yeah, I saw Karn, that. Karn posted a criticism of the the fortification stacks, where uh, the for, the gain the number of fortification mm-hmm. stacks that you gain when you attack something is based on the ailment threshold of the enemy. So against monsters that have very high defensive values or high EHP pools, such as Expedition or Harvest, Heist, and stuff like that. There are situations where you get very little fortification stacks, or sometimes even none. And uh, it's a huge problem for anything, really, if, well, specifically for melee-based characters that were... I mean, the, the, the fortified mechanic is designed be a defensive benefit for the melee characters and if they themselves cannot get the fortification stacks off of the intended mechanic to gain the fortification stacks then that's a problem yeah there's another thing i saw that was um like if you're at a deep delve delve depth like you're not getting fortify (laughs) because If so much HP, there's no way you're gonna hit the ailment threshold. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Delve is also in the list. He he listed a bunch of mechanics: Harvest, Heist, Blight, Delirium, Delve, Edition. Yeah, I wonder whether that's that's gonna be addressed. Because right now. Obviously, you get the best fortify, the most consistent fortify as a champion. And that's not limited to being melee. Like, anyone can be a champion. Well, yeah, toxic Toxic champions. Yeah. Peak meta right now. 
But even if you were melee, you'd probably gravitate towards champion just in order to have consistent fortify up and to not depend on like being able to hit that ailment threshold against enemy. That really needs to change. Melee has become pretty uh, underrepresented at the moment. Yeah. I mean, some people are still playing it for sure, mostly farming on Igarashi and then going ahead with that. But overall, a lot of people are focusing their efforts elsewhere. Um, perhaps even in part due to the change to Fortify and not really knowing how to mitigate it now. Not specifically what Khan's described, but just in general, how Fortify works now. I have to say, though, I really like the idea of the change. I really like that my caster now doesn't feel like I have to shoehorn in shield charge fortify or weapon swap vigilant strike in order to get fortify. And I, I like that those builds are, in theory, defensively weaker than melee characters. But yeah, outside of the problem that melee characters themselves cannot consistently generate those fortification stacks, apparently. Alright, I think we touched upon uh, all the points uh, regarding to Scourge, and it would seem like any further conversation about it would just be milking it and running around <laughs> the, the same points that we already mentioned. But if you want to still talk about something, we could still talk for a couple of minutes. But if you don't, we could also round things off um. here. Depending on how everyone's doing, I do have something that I could bring up. It's not Scourge, it's part of the topic. Um, I think it's interesting that the change to the Atlas has sparked like discussion about what um, Atlas strategies are the best now. Um, because the Leapfrog strategy has been so popular for like quite a while. Um, <laughs> and Khan recently, not Khan, um, Carve. Sorry, similar names, and we just talked about him. Um, put out a video and said, "Like, listen, the leapfrog strategy is inferior now. This is this is king." Um, so I just wondered if you guys had like particular experience through your atlas. Like, did did you use leapfrog strategy or anything to complete your atlas, or um, how was your experience now that we only have four regions? I don't Maybe even remember how I did it. I don't remember at all. I don't know. I just, I didn't think. I just did you it. Just you leapfrogged. just leapfrogged. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think most of us might have just done that because we didn't know what the hell we were doing. Just threw in watchstones and chase stuff, right? Yeah, no, I, I think there is a way, like, I've watched a little bit of the one video Carve put out. I don't know whether that was the one, but I really like the idea of socketing different amounts of watchstones in different zones to facilitate that you get exactly the map drops that you want to prepare yourself for the next tier of progression. That is really cool. I think that was not what the Leapfrog strat did. But, um, I think the leapfrog strat was like 
just try to complete this like one region at a yeah, time. Yeah, you do everything on one region yeah. and then move on to the next one. Yeah. I have to get more into the nitty gritty of that. Uh, if I, have, I have leapfrogged a little bit here and there, but I haven't like evaluated enough alternatives and engaged enough with the system in order to tell the finer, uh, finer things. But I'm definitely happy that, and I think Carve also expressed that he's really happy with it, that GGG managed to rework the system in a way that leapfrogging is still possible but not necessarily the best thing to do anymore. There's other things that you can do now. I wonder if leapfrogging only became apparent because there were eight regions, and now that there are four, it is less necessary because leapfrogging was a good way to categorically work through the regions without having to worry about clutter or like um, split interests and stuff. Yeah, like I mean, you, de you definitely have a higher yeah. chance of when a map drops that it is from the zone that you want. Your zones. But I wonder how they're going to rework, rework the endgame in 3.17. Because, I mean, mm. as far as we know, like the entire Conquerors and Cirrus and the Watchstone system may completely go away, right? It's going to be yeah, a rework. Presumably. Same size of 3.9. I hope they do. Would you be happy with the uh, Conquerors and Cirrus be only available as Xana missions? Or like similar how Elder and Shaper, Guardians and uh, yep. stuff is right now? Yeah, Cirrus is trash. I don't want to fight it ever again. <laughs> I like the music. That's actually really, like really good music. Fight. Yeah. This music is great. Eh. Also, the voice. Non-existence. Like because there were so many more of them. Uh, I guess that's not true, actually. Because like each of them had like. It's always you got your one mega boss, and then you have four dudes who protect him. Like Shaper had that, Elder had that, Cirrus has that. The only one who doesn't is Maven. So I'm curious if they keep that format or if like Maven not having it means that this next iteration means that we've bucked that for mini bosses, one ultra boss. I'm trend. somehow assuming that the next boss will be Maven related. Like Because it was the Elder Taurus and um Elder yeah. coming and then Maven coming, so we're expecting more visitors from there. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about 317. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm keen to play now, but I'm excited about 317, too. All right. Well, outside of excitement for 317, which is still a while away, what are you excited for in the immediate future? What are you going to do? In your next uh, week of gameplay, what uh, Valor, tell us what builds you've been playing and what you're playing next because your builds suck. Started Toxic Rain, which look isn't bad. It's just 
really, really boring. It's really, it's so boring that I went against every single bit of my own advice and I didn't even get center passives or finish my Atlas or finish my Maven or anything. I just re-rolled on day three. And then I've been trying to make a Stormbrand Inquisitor hybrid low-life petrified blood build work, but it just needs like, needs to be like level 115 to be a good build. I just, I, I can't seem to get there. Um, so Funny that. now I've made no money. And is that something you can anything. compensate with currency investment? Like if you pull up, pour an ungodly amount of currency into the build, do you, you manage no. to make it good at level 100? No. No. If I pour my end game, like end of league builds c- currency level into it, at best, maybe I can make it do 5 mil DPS. We're talking about budgets that normally make builds that do 75 to 100 mil, not five. Like, that's the comparison. And that's on that stupid high-level budget. There's no way for me to get it good. But I can find on, like, a reasonable level, at least that I can find yet. I'm trying because it's one of my favorite archetypes to run. And I really, really, really want it to work. Somebody keep trying. But, yeah, it's rough. Yeah, I, I can see that. But I'm curious to see what you come up with for the next one. Hmm. Right now uh, we're leaning into aura stacking, by the way, to, to, to fix it, which is hilarious. I'm going to be running like eight, eight or nine auras. <laughs> You can still you can get a lot of auras. People have been telling me they're running all kinds of fifty percenters on their regular build and and a bunch of other things on top of that. Like I'm personally only looking at uh, vitality thanks to the one hundred percent increased mana reservation efficiency, vitality and two fifty percent and an aspect. But that's still more than I would run on my normal build. I think sovereignty is just so good. They need to nerf it. Like if you're anywhere near it, it's just such a instant. Certain pickup. Yep. It's that and the mastery, right? Like without the mastery, it's not broken, but one big mastery out of one of those wheels, and suddenly you can fit in tons. Yeah. Yeah. The the, the generic one on the reservation, with, which gets 50% increased mm-hmm. reservation. I'm a friend of the ones that's specific for vitality, clarity, and for the other ones. That's That's just cool. Reminds me a little bit of back in the day when people were fitting way more auras into their builds. Yeah. Reservations. What does uh curious to hear from Pi? What 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 is a thing something that you're looking for in the immediate future that's gonna happen, that's gonna be a big upgrade to you or a big uh big step in your character progression, Atlas progression, something? Um, so I actually haven't fought Maven, period. So my goal this league is to do like a bunch of the endgame stuff that I've not had the chance to do due to it being so grindy and me being not that motivated by the content at the time. And now that a lot of that resistance is gone because of this current version of the game. Um, 
So that's my that's my horizon. That's a really um, good one to have. Maven fight is actually really fun. I'm also looking yeah, forward I to mean, doing that I again. I even have it. Like I have a writ in standard that I've had since the first league that she was introduced, but I just never ran it because um I kind of wanted to get myself to that point and somebody else had just like given it to me and said, "Hey, do you want to try it?" And I was like, "I'll take it." And then I just it just went to standard. <laughs> I did a bunch of them on standard once and, and basically depleted all my standard currency. But I've also never done Maven in League. So I definitely want to do that in standard on my current character and then apply that knowledge and, and try and pull it off in the maybe even gauntlet environment. Although I'll probably first do deathless softcore gauntlet practice, but I really want to get into gauntlet practice really early on. What about Lily? What yeah. is on your horizon? When are you going to hit level 100? Um, soon, hopefully, so I can switch builds. Hopefully before you die. I, yeah, I mean, once I get life on block shield, it should be pretty unkillable. But, uh, hopefully I hit 100 and I roll. I want to play Poison Concoction Occultist, and then... I'll probably um, swap my VDDD slinger back to self-cast DD. And I think it's probably the best hardcore build for the new Uber content, because since it all is like 200% more life, like as a thing on the maps, or the Breachstone, whatever, it is uh, DD basically like just completely negates it because you scale off of monster life so it should pretty much destroy those so that'll be my uber content character and then i'll have the concoction character as a mapper and then i'll probably swap the trade league after i hit 100 too sounds good the poison concoction build looks so good Yeah, I almost league started it, but I decided not to because I felt like I would have died. Which it's actually tankier than I thought it would be. Like people aren't dying on it. Well, some some people are, but I've been told it's just a plague bearer build. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Just feels like plague bearer. Yeah, this is not a bad thing. Plague bearer feels amazing, especially on occultist. But yeah, I'm, I already hinted a little bit at what I want to do, but I just I'm really happy about, even though it does no damage, especially in Balor's eyes, I'm really happy about my Armageddon brand Ignite Elementalist. And I did the, the Deathless A8 series with around 300k DPS only, a little bit more, because half the time you have convergence up, and I don't include convergence in my calculations. Not up all the time, but technically, you know, convergence is 30% more damage half of the time. So you could say it's 15% more damage. And especially because it activates the moment you hit a unique, it's actually the downtime kind of aligns with when you're not hitting and when you start hitting again, then it's up again. So yeah, I, I calculated that with like some more, some less reasonable upgrades, I could still reach 800k DPS. So I could more than double my damage. 
and that that's going to be my goal and i'm going to utilize all the the trade league shenanigans so currently i'm going to uh i, I got a tab full of uh stones of lazwar <laughs> collecting and i'm going to corrupt mass corrupt for one curse which uh yeah it, it, it's not going to be the best in slot best in slot amulet is probably going to be like a rare with spell block but you can only get seven and stone of lazwar has 15, so you'd have to get 8% spell block elsewhere in order to still be block capped. So you'd be looking at like sacrificing two jewel slots for uh, replica restless uh, defense. Reckless defense, not restless. Which would be, uh, yeah, first of all, overkill because I don't need the attack block that they provide and they don't have life. So I'd much rather have like one of those juicy double dot multi jewels in there. I've been really enjoying those. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll see how it goes, but I. I Still think I'll get a solid week or two of fun out of progressing that character. But yeah, um, we we already went quite a bit over time. I don't want to uh, drop time out of your day. I don't want uh, things to go flaccid. We always want to end on a high note where you know people are still looking for more, both the broadcasters and the audience. And so. Unless someone wants to have the last word, I'm going to uh, make my, ra my round of commentary here. Basically say yeah. something now or don't. don't or shut up forever. No. <laughs> but it's a good, we, can, we can talk afterwards. I want to thank you for coming onto the podcast. It was great talking to you about all these insightful topics. And uh, also want to thank Chad for being the usual chat with great inputs and uh, a, a nice sport uh, if you've missed the beginning of the podcast you can always listen to it it will be uploaded in full on the YouTube and on pretty much every podcast platform that has, has some semblance of relevance and there's also going to be another podcast coming up the next Faded Connections episode number 67 will be on Saturday the 13th of November 8 a.m. GMT, so a couple of hours earlier than this one, although it will not be in daylight savings anymore. So for me, it will be only, uh, it will be different. Uh, anyway, it's going to be with Sir Gog and Tenki. And look forward to that. And uh, with that said, I think that will be enough for this episode. Thanks again, everyone, and have a wonderful uh, time in your second week of the league. Bye bye. <laughs>